Welcome to The Save Room, your safe haven for gaming news and discussion. My name is Kevin. My name is Daniel. And this is episode 126. For the record, your honor. Let the record stand. Uh-huh. We lost an hour of sleep to get this episode to you. Uh, I think the events are unrelated, <laughs> but you're right. We lost an hour last night, yeah. although I was comatose. I played Elden Ring for like 11 hours yesterday, mm-hmm. and I got some some little etabales, as I like to call them, mm. and it, they put me out like a rhino. Sure. Like if you were to trank a rhino, a rhino is going to fall. I fell that day after eating Taco Bell. That was another thing. Okay, wow. So that there's a lot of details here that I yeah. hadn't previously heard about. Taco Bell before I fell asleep. I, was, I didn't eat it in my sleep. I, I wasn't fucking crushing the uh, potato soft taco in my dreams. <laughs> but, what, uh, what was yeah. the what was the uh, menu picking from last night for you? The menu picking last yeah, night? I got this new burrito situation. Like, they put fries in it, I guess. I didn't really notice. I slammed it so quick. Mm. But it, it, it was like a quesarito, oh, basically. Okay. I like and this. Then, and then I got a chaloup. I got a good chaloup, but I made sure I was diligent. I went through the the DoorDash app, I call it the DD, and <laughs> I removed all the tomatoes from the situation. Okay. Because fuck a tomato. I hate tomatoes. There's people out there that are ardent, like, I'm a tomato person. You've probably Terrible. been with me when I've had to order tomatoes on sandwiches. Uh, had? Like, you had to add it? <laughs> no, so what I'll do is, like, I'll go, I'll go to, like, I don't know, we'll say a Jimmy John's or something like that, right? Okay. Or, and they'll be making it in front of me. They're like, oh, what do you want on it? And I'll be like, oh, I want one tomato, but can I get it, like, cut in half? Half here, half there. Wait, what? What do you mean? You want the sandwich cut in half? You want one I tomato? I want one tomato cut one in tomato, half. One tomato, just cut in half. Like yeah, a so a half, a half for each half of the sandwich. A full tomato or yeah. a slice of tomato? No, so a slice of tomato okay. cut in half. Get a full tomato, <laughs> cut, <laughs> cut it in half. half. Face down on my bread, you That's going to be the shit. most pulpy, tomatoy <laughs> sandwiches. That sounds horrifying. Uh, I had a good friend of mine who also didn't like tomatoes, yeah. and he described uh, the inside as a dead alien fetus. And he's I don't want to know totally where that, correct. that experience comes from. Totally correct. So, so my thing with tomatoes is I think I, I like the idea of eating them, yeah. but I don't want to detect that I'm eating them, right? So like diced tomatoes are the thing <laughs> for me where I'm just like, yeah, you can dice the tomato, <laughs> I got, put it on a sandwich. I think your and I'm original premise is faulty. Yeah. I don't think you actually enjoy eating them if you need to be tricked into thinking <laughs> that they aren't actually there. Yeah. I think maybe you just don't like tomatoes. I, I'm just, I don't. I'm trying to bolster my diet with more vegetables. So it, it, Tomatoes it, is the way to do it. Yeah, so tricking my brain is like, yeah. all right, well, cut it really small put some cute so, there. so it gets past the palate. Yeah, put some cuke on there. I, I like cukes. Yeah, you I like, like cukes. cukes a lot. Just load up uh, cukes where the toms would be. Swap the toms for the cukes. Yeah. And you're good to go. I mean, I hate cukes. They're like an unfinished pickle in my mind. You gotta, you gotta vinegar it up to finish it, man. I don't like pickles, no. You don't like pickles. No, I... So I went to... You don't. You, you just don't like them, huh? I went to a combined uh, bookstore, cafe, and brewery today. Slash picklery. Well, yeah, so <laughs> the, the, the eatery part of it was called Miriam's. It's like a kosher Pariv bakery where they have bagels and locks and stuff like that. But I got a tuna melt on bagel bread, mm. and it came... This is a po- podcast about food. This is about food, you. now. This is video the, games are boring. Yeah. It's, it's, it's always delay this, sexual harassment that. Yeah. Who wants to talk about video no. games? They're boring. We're this is the food. flavor cast. The flavor cast. Tune your tongue in, guys. Whoa. So 
I got a tuna melt on a bagel bread. It was really good, really fucking satisfying. Yeah. But they they put and a lot of places love to do this. They put a fucking whole slice of a pickle in there, a whole long boy, a whole long. Boy. And I took a bite of it, and I'm like, oh no, I don't I don't like this. Mm. No sour boy, huh? I did not enjoy it. Didn't so go like, well. So before I threw it out, I, had, I went to my girlfriend. I'm like, do you want this? She's like, oh, I love pickles. And I'm like, you and everybody in my life, yeah, love pickles. Yeah, pickles are great. Man. And I'm just like the one outlier where it's like, no, you can't even trick me with a pickle. There's no way to cup, cut up a pickle so small that I don't know it's there. You don't have to trick me with a pickle. I'll, 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 I'll eat it right out of the fucking jar, man. You've seen me do it. I'll just suck a pickle down. <laughs> he has this bit. It's a pretty funny bit where, like, we'll be in the kitchen hanging out together. And uh, he'll go in the fridge. He'll be looking around. And he, he usually keeps jars of pickles in there. I have too many in there. He'll yeah. look at me with, like, just a very honest expression. of like, hey, I want to ask you something real quick. Have you been eating my pickles? <laughs> You uh, you've been picking these pickles. <laughs> is what I asked. And I'm like, nope, what, wasn't <laughs> me. Must have a, repeat, a midnight bit. pickle thief came in. Absolutely. I was like, I know you've been. I know there's some fingerprints I don't recognize on this jar. <laughs> I know, I know you're there dusting thinking. the pickle jar for fingerprints. <laughs> you better, you better get away from these pickles, okay? I love my pickles. This guy watches one Batman movie and he's suddenly a detective. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. I'm the great detective, and I'll figure out who's been picking my pickles. <laughs> You understand me, you son of a bitch? <laughs> wow. Well, now that we've known yeah. what, what mm. you and I have eaten respectively right. in the last 24 hours. <laughs> That's the update these kids are looking yeah. for. Could you imagine? I'm sorry for anybody that, that has jumped into this podcast that accidentally was looking for like Resident Evil Saver music and mm-hmm. found us. That seems to be like our core demographic. Sure. People it, looking it, for something else. Yeah. People looking for the Code Veronica theme or something. Yeah. And they just find like two guys talking about their pickle pickle pickeries and, and whatnot. And they're like, what the fuck? What is this shit? What? And then they they stick into it. They yeah. stick with it. Right? And they're like, there's 170 episodes of this? How? Yeah, motherfucker. Wow. Yeah. Because it's, it's free to speak filth into a microphone. It's true. Well, not really. We pay for the SoundCloud. Oops. <laughs> I guess we got a promo. We do. I don't know why. I don't know who are we promoing for. Like you, you obviously like found the episode already and mm. clicked, and you're here. Like, what do you need to know? You know, like, oh, you can find us on Spotify. You're listening yeah. probably on Spotify. You find us on Stitcher. Well, you got stitched into that one real quick. Yeah, you. Nice one, dude. Yeah, and, so. yeah you're already Google played. You just played yourself. <laughs> you understand me? <laughs> well, we're the Save Room or a video game podcast. Some days. A- a pickle pickery the, the, the other days. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find us on soundcloud.com slash the save room show or Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. The Goog. The Goog, that's what we were calling it. The Goog. And then, but here's the thing that you can't find, right? Because I don't know if we have the links up for it. Uh, I think on, we do. We're on Twitch. Oh, we yeah. do? Yeah. Not saying on, on the SoundCloud, oh, our Twitches yeah. are linked. Yeah, you can't look for the save room, though. You got to look for us individually because we're prima donna. So you can find <laughs> me at twitch.tv slash the red herb. Facts. You can say herb if you want, but not to my fucking face, okay? Streaming a lot of Elden Ring and nothing but. Elden Ring. Episode 11 of Tarnish TV. Yeah, I went up last night. My God. I might do 12 tonight if we get done in time. Who am I kidding? I'm going to do it no matter what. Yeah. You're uh, definitely going to do it no yeah, matter what. Yeah, I'm definitely going to do it. How do you How do you feel? Uh, I mean, I'm in a I'm similar so sorry. <laughs> that's, the, that's the pickle burp right there. I'm in a similar boat over at twitch.tv slash Dungeons and Daniels where all I've been streaming the past two streams very natural six and a half seven hours of Elden Ring and it's like I can't I can't get enough of it but how how do you feel like knowing that you're streaming it so often do you feel like there's like viewer drop off or like you're maybe afraid to stream it because it's like oh people have seen me play like 
80 hours of this already. I don't want to bore them. If I was afraid of streaming and nobody watching, I would have stopped long ago. <laughs> you got me there, buddy. You got me there. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I guess the only fear that I have is maybe the audience, like especially anybody that follows me, uh, isn't in the Souls games, perhaps. They're, they might be bored by the fact that I've done 12 consecutive streams mm-hmm. of nothing but Elden Ring. I don't care i'm enjoying myself and it's not my job sorry sorry i I don't mean to uh, say exactly what's on my mind but i will (laughs) which is hey we don't get paid for this yeah we don't get paid for this you you come on in come see me next month we'll 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 switch it up i got some ideas for some crazy streams Mm. maybe an el shaddai stream huh i know that game's on on twitch i'm sorry i mean to say steam yeah wow yeah yeah yeah. do some nuts of stuff maybe jump into vampire survivors you know Get back into that. Show the people what it's like to slap up all these bats and these mummies and these witches. What about yeah? What about Ghostfire Tokyo? Do you feel like you're going to stream any of that? Um, perhaps. Hmm. Do you think it's a game that I'm going to get at launch? I'm asking you what I might do. Well, <laughs> yeah, I know your trend of buying every game at launch because if yeah. it ends, if it starts with a V and ends with a games, you're probably going to get it. Did you say starts with a V? Yeah. Okay, I thought you said ends with a V, and I was just like video. Yeah. If if it starts games. with video and ends with games, you're probably going to get it. Yeah. So you, yeah, there's no doubt that you're going to pick up that game. Just or to at least if it starts with video and ends with nasty, I'll pick it up. Too. Video nasty. Yeah, I want a new <laughs> genre of media called video nasties. No, there is. That's what they called them in uh in uh the UK back in the day. All oh. the horror movies. There's a big ban on video nasties. The movie Censor is all about this time period. By oh. the way, while hmm. being a horror movie unto itself. Did not know that. High recommendation from the podcast within the podcast. Kevin recommends. Are we doing a recommend segment right now? Yeah. Okay. I watched Fresh last night starring Sebastian Stan. Was it good? Pretty wild. Pretty wild? Pretty wild movie about a a doctor who's a cannibal and and sells meat to a very high paying audience of meat connoisseurs. I'm into it. I'll watch Uh, that. But it's it's like, it's horror meets like dark comedy. So there's a, a bit of subversion here and there. And it's one of those movies where I at times couldn't guess what was going to happen next. Um, but it's it's cool to see Sebastian Stan do like a really dynamic performance because most of what I've seen him in is Marvel up until this point. Saying so he's not dynamic. I, I the Winter Soldier is a great character, but like not the most three dimensional. Dude, character. he's playing Tommy Lee right now. I know that, it's insane. I kind of want to check that. He out. lost like a bunch of weight to yeah. do it because Tommy Lee, you know, he naturally had the heroin allow him to yeah. lose all that weight. Yeah, yeah, even though it feels a little uh, exploitative uh, <laughs> for for Pamela. Um, mm. and I don't think she really wanted that to happen, but I hope she's getting paid. Yeah, I, I, I hope that's so. her name. Like so. somebody made a TV show about me. You're, you're giving me some bucks. I don't care what you put in the TV show. Mm. Just fucking show me eating pickles for like <laughs> two hours straight, and some drama happens. Right. But to to kind of pull back to the original point. So for me, it's one of those things with streaming where if I if I'm playing a game that I enjoy and people detect that I'm enjoying it, I think they mm. are are down for it. They it's like, enjoy it. More. If the streamer's having fun, the audience is having. That's fun. That's how I feel. I feel like so. I'm ru- like I'm ruining my voice streaming yeah. for so long and so often. Um, that or I got some long COVID and don't realize it. Long COVID. <clears throat> you see? You hear it? You hear it? <laughs> I hear you all day. Just <clears throat> like a Marge Simpson or something, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's because at my job, I'm talking all the time, too. Mm-hmm. People are just like, oh, all Kevin does is talk, talk, talk. And then they're like, let's make him talk, talk, talk. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then you do it to yourself t- sometimes where you'll have 
like an eight, nine hour work day. And then you're like, what if I stream for three hours after? Yeah, it's the anxiety talking. The anxiety is like, this will quell the beast. (laughs) True. True. Well, I think we will save some of the Elden Ring talk towards the end of the episode. This is going to be a news one. We haven't given you guys a proper news dealie in a while, but you know. Kevin and I have put... Is baby hungry for some news? Baby is a little tasty for some news morsels. I heard there was a state of play. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, we're going to give you some 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 news fixings, yeah. and then we'll talk some Elden Ring at the end, because we've been playing a lot of it. Um, I've put, to date, 73 hours into the game. I think Kevin's at... Good like numbers. 100 hours, right? No. No? About 106. 106 hours. So we've, we've put some fucking elbow grease into yeah. Miyazaki's latest. And I think we've discussed the fact that once we get through at least the first playthrough and then maybe a few subsequent ones, that we'd probably want to do a roundtable discussion. Yeah. Uh, a spoiler big cast, if big you will. Big old spoiler cast, a, re- a review down. Mm-hmm. I don't even know how to like properly review a game like that, but... I think you just... I'm you, just excited you, to talk about it. You take your opinions and you try to make a point with them. And that's 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 reviewing, baby. Okay. That's it. Like, think think of something right now you think about the game. Think about it right now. About something... Just like else. an opinion, yeah. Uh, I think it's very good. I think it's a good evolution of uh, what FromSoft has been doing for the last, what, 14, 15 years? And uh, I like jumping on my horse. Okay. Does it embarrass other open world games? In ways, yeah. Does it embarrass them? I think the... Does the, it make Skyrim look bad? No, I don't think I would it makes say yes. Skyrim look bad. I think it makes some of the busier open world games look a little But like overdone. Skyrim's a bad game now, right? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, some some of the closest comparisons I think about when I'm playing the game is like it does feel like Skyrim in a lot of ways. Right. Todd's uh, best. Todd's best. Todd's Todd's favorite best. Todd's Todd's uh third third mansion is what he calls Skyrim. <laughs> <laughs> he's just fucking buying new properties by the minute with each new iteration of skyrim that comes to like skyrim's coming to tesla you know you can play it into tesla now he's doing it oh cool just fucking pay down a new house just make it happen <laughs> little, his little fucking side smirk and his fucking his, his big old bushy eyebrows are just like they percolate at the idea of more skyrim bucks coming in <laughs> i i'm wondering if we're gonna see some some big bethesda money this year because starfield's supposed to come out like at the end of the year right yeah yeah <laughs> i hope it gets trashed I hope it just gets like decimated. People are like, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> they play it for like twenty minutes. Go, "What the fuck is this, dude?" <laughs> it can't be any worse than Fallout seventy six was. Oh man, such a universally panned game. Oh, that's the beauty of video games. Yeah. It can always get worse. <laughs> it can always no, get worse. That was like one of the worst things we had to talk about for probably. Yeah, that was a stretch. Six subsequent weeks of. I can't believe they did this yeah. with the special edition bag. I can't believe they did this with the game. Well, I, I will make the comment. It, it is really weird. Like, we're in the year of release, and we still, like, don't have a good sense of what mm-hmm. this game looks like or long plays of it or anything to kind of no. kind of look at it. Because I was just watching footage of Ghostwire, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, shit. We, I can finally watch straight gameplay instead of, like, you know, uh, heavily trailers. edited trailers. Yeah. yeah. And it looks cool. It does. It's still one of those games that I say to myself, I want to get my my hands on the controller to like mm. understand what I'm seeing and how it like what the feedback feels like, right? Because there's things that you're doing where it, you're doing like these crazy hand gestures and like this little uh, supernatural wires like pulling enemies apart and stuff. Oh, and the you're ghost doing wire. like takedowns with the ghost wire yeah. with it, right? Mm. But the game overall looks like Dishonored kind of, sure, Dishonory sort of first person hide around and stuff, but. I don't know if that 
I don't know that they have a mega hit on their hands. I think this is going to be kind of a niche game. Mm-hmm. Like people are going to be interested. Yeah. But yeah, I don't. I don't know if it's going to be like a death loop situation where people were also confused by what it was before release, and then they got their hands on it and were like, oh, and it made sense. Made, yeah, 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 yeah. This one might not make sense even when you get your hands on it. <laughs> Just I mean, from what I was seeing, gameplay wise, the review embargo for it isn't quite up yet i know media outlets have their hands on it and Mm. i think some of the the early impressions have been it's it's cool Mm -hmm. but like it's cool is such like that could mean so much you know like what's cool about it is it just visually cool does it tell a cool story i'll do cool i'm into cool Mm -hmm. you know as nebulous as it could be it'd just be cool well, there was a time where being cool wasn't nebulous. It it meant being a camel in a leather jacket and smoking That's cigarettes. Right. So That's right. It's cool to smoke uh, camels. Yeah. Right on, right on, right on. Well, you know what's cool? Turkish golds. Uh, Turkish golds, I... So I've... That wasn't your style? <laughs> I wasn't ever a smoker. I've, I've never bought a pack mm. of cigarettes. Uh, it's one of those things where I had a hard stance against it because I've had a long history of like smoking-related illnesses and deaths in my family. Mm. Um, and I've seen just smoking just really, really hurt a lot of people in my family. And I'm just like, yeah, I don't want to contribute to that that industry. But, you know, I'm at a well, party. This took a real, I'm at a like, party. downturn. I'm a little drunk. Sort of. And somebody offers me, you know, a menthol, right? Yeah. Or oh, a camel crush. Like and I'm menthols. like, ooh, yeah, let me take a hit of it. Oh, that. I don't like so, camel crush. Yeah. That's a gimmick. <laughs> it's a fucking gimmick. I miss smoking some days. I I'm do. proud of you for quitting. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> what? That was a big milestone. Yeah, that was a big milestone. Yeah. I miss those. It was fucking, it was great. It was great. What do you miss most about it? Smoking. <laughs> like the ritual of it, I Yeah, guess. It, it is one of those very Fucking ritualistic things. things. Like, <sighs> it's a, it's a you know, social thing, too. Doing right? a thing. Yeah. I got you. I miss it. Hey, we're not condoning it. We're not condoning it, guys. If you can... No. Power to you if you quit smoking and don't start. Mm-hmm. And also, it's expensive. Yeah. Those Turkish skulls are pretty good. <laughs> Safe room says, don't smoke, but if you're going to do it... If you're going to do it, man... <laughs> Camel's the way to go. No, 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 no. no. Cut that. Okay, okay. All right. <laughs> no, let's keep it. A- keep it. Pare it down. See if see if Joe Camel will give us some money for this. <laughs> Watch that. Would be our our first sponsorship is fucking camels. <laughs> I would take it too. Like, no, I would. I would not take it. I would. I would take, take it. No, I would take it. This would be the the great disappointment of the two hundred fifty thousand dollars. What they put it on the table right now? You're gonna be like, I wouldn't take it. Oh no, let's profit off this death. No, I have a hard stance against the smoking industry. All right, you're now, right. it'll scare away the NFT money. Now, if Seattle Private Reserve <laughs> or like Harmony Farms, like yeah. some of the local weed like the growers yeah. were like hey we want to sponsor you i'd be like yeah. yeah smoke weed not cigarettes right yeah that there that's good ma- there we go hey safe room says safe room says <laughs> smoke weed not cigarettes there you go all right <laughs> well uh now that we've gotten the sponsorships out of the way can we talk about news please yeah let's, let's, i don't know how to dismount from whatever the uh, last 20 I mean, minutes were <laughs> <laughs> i've got a few items on here for you uh five in total the last one's a big one because we'll talk about state of play but number one on here the Dead Space remake is now slated for 2023. That's not this year. So, bad news for people alive in 2022. EA Motive's ground-up remake of the modern horror classic won't see the light of space until next year. This comes from the official Dead Space Twitter. In fact, nobody announces on their own shit anymore. It's always Twitter. Uh, which only specified that 2023 is the game's release window. That means any one of those 12 months are fair game for a mm. video game. All right. Mm-hmm. Now, EA Motive, best known for their work on Star Wars Squadrons, also held a developer live stream that revealed Isaac Clarke's dialogue will change based on 
how worn out he is. Same. <laughs> this is a part of a system the devs are calling ALIVE. It's, it's an acronym, by the way. Interesting. Yeah, it stands for Adrenaline Limbic System Response. You're cheating. You're cheating right there. With but that, that, that should be LSR. You're just going to use that as the L? Fuck off. Anyway, <laughs> Intelligent Dialogue. Again, cheating. Cheaters. Yeah, you're using a lot of words to, Word. to flesh out your ALIVE. I could stuff a sentence into any one of these letters <laughs> in this acronym. Do they know what acronyms are? <laughs> We got vitals. Okay, now they they seem to understand the rules. (laughs) And then exertions. In practice, Isaac's dialogue will dynamically change depending on whether he's normal, just normal, fatigued, or even injured. It calls to mind how Marvel's Spider-Man varied how Peter would sound if he was talking while swinging, which Mm -hmm. I always thought was really cool. Yeah, there's a lot of dynamism to that. Dynamism. Dynamism. Sounds like a a fucking uh, vacuum brand. Get a dynamism. like a dyson i don't know why anyway it also serves as a reminder that holy shit isaac can talk a quality he didn't have until dead space 2 yeah you remember that i do he didn't say a single he word. was like this empty vessel of a engineer that we had to project our feelings and emotions onto yeah they show his face at the end you don't see mm-hmm. it in the beginning you just see the back of his head and he's just like a, he's just like a white guy mm-hmm. yeah i actually I know it's probably contentious because, you know, the silent protag works for a lot of people. I like that we gave him a voice and a bit more dimension in Dead Space 2 and 3 and actually made him a character. Yes. Because it's like, I I wouldn't want to, like, imagine if throughout all of Resident Evil you were playing a silent protagonist in those worlds. I mean, you kind of are, but, um, yeah, I, I know what you mean. I know yeah. what you mean. Um, I agree. I like... I, I guess the idea, it comes from Half-Life, right? Sure. The whole silent protagonist thing, which is like, oh, I could just, I feel like I'm stepping into the shoes mm-hmm. of, of Mr. Uh, Half in Life. Mm-hmm. I, uh, Gordon, Gabe? Gordon Freeman. Oh, Gordon Freeman. Gabe? No, uh, Gabe Newell, <laughs> I guess. Is you well. are Gabe Newell. <laughs> <laughs> what a cool game. <laughs> There's got to be a Gabe Newell simulator out there. There's probably 500. You yeah. can just release games on Steam and nobody checks. Mm-hmm. Nobody checks until like you like put some like There's racist shit into no it. No curation actually on Steam. Yeah, 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 yeah. I won't say no. I'll say bad. Mm-hmm. Okay, fair. <laughs> but uh yeah, this is cool. I forgot Dead Space remake was a thing that was actually happening until I haven't forgot until they um mentioned it again. I don't know. I'm I'm getting to this like it's weird. Things both at my age seem far off and then like really, really close. So like mm-hmm. when you announce something, I'm just like, oh, wow. Like I feel like Elden Ring was announced like yesterday and mm-hmm. it's like, oh, it's here. Instead, it was like, no, it was announced in 2019 mm-hmm. and we lived through like the the fucking headwind of a pandemic mm-hmm. <laughs> and finally got to it. But 2023, I'm like, oh, that's far out. But then I'm going to turn around and it's going to be right here. And I'm like, oh, shit. Well, I guess I'll play a new Dead Space. No? Yeah, this is something that's very much on my my radar. I'm very much alive for it, as the acronym would state. Uh, yeah, and yeah, I mean, some of the early like demo stuff because they'd done kind of a I, I don't remember if it was like an EA Play or whatever it's called where they demo some of the the games in their their wheelhouse. Uh, but they were showing some of the early demonstrations of like the way the characters move and some of the like early in game environments. Mm-hmm. And it got me hyped. I'm just like, yeah, you're. You're giving me one of my favorite games of all time. My favorite survival horror games of all time. What, 15, 16 years later with like a new skin, new context, new mechanics. And I, yeah, I couldn't be more stoked for it. I hope they take some learnings from the sequels and throw Mm -hmm. them into and learn to not do anything that part three did. Just don't. Get away from it. Sure. Shouldn't happen. Uh, I don't think that game made a lot of mistakes. It 
did though. Mm-hmm. It made a part three made a lot of mistakes. Part three is a fighting fun game. fighting humans for like the majority of it was probably the stupidest fucking thing that they could have done. Well, you're fighting humans that are infected. I don't hate Dead Space three like mm-hmm. some people do. I I enjoy that they're doing the whole like this is the the thing now mm-hmm. like the references to the thing because we're in a snow planet where we go or even aliens fighting where it's like you're fighting these sucks. giant like monster alien yeah specimens yeah it's uh, crazy you want them to remake three I I do hope they continue the course with mm. with one two and three where it's like yeah just keep like giving us new takes on the franchise um, unless this remake becomes a kind of melding of the first three games. And then they kind of spin off and do something second with like a spin off and do something separate with a second iteration. Yeah. Um, that'd be interesting if they're like, yep, this is actually like a relaunch for mm-hmm. it. You know, even though we're remaking one, we're doing something else with the universe. Cause mm-hmm. it seemed like they got to a, a dead end. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. I mean, I, I need to see a little bit more. Because, mm-hmm. like, the stuff that they're showing is so early. It is. Like, none of it's like, oh, yeah, this is super compelling gameplay. It's just like, oh, you're just iterating what Shadows look like for mm-hmm. a while there. Shit. No wonder yeah. this is coming out, like, in 2023. Yeah, it's just the bare bones of the game so far. But, yeah. I mean, a lot of the carryover that I hope they implement, obviously. Like, I like the minimalism of, like, the HUD. Give me that same creepy atmosphere. Keep the way it feels mechanically, because that game has a very special, like, mechanical feel. Mm. Like, I feel very weighty in that world, and I feel like my shots and attacks, like, have so much heft behind them. I know it's going to be developed cross-plat, but say it was something like a PS5 exclusive, like, I feel like they could lean into some of the haptics, for the the PS5 at least. But, Mm. Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. even still, I hope, like, there's some interesting next-gen feedback with the controller with some of the attacks and mechanics so Mm -hmm. i hope nicole survives this one maybe that could be a thing where like maybe she becomes just a character that we stay with for a bit longer yeah rather than a ghost that we're chasing nah we have to get to ellie in part two we gotta gotta kill her right away she's a fun character right what if there's like more chapters and it doesn't spell out nicole is dead anymore and you're just like nicole might be alive (laughs) and it's like oh fuck that's a lot of chapters or like nicole is dead comma psych yeah, the last chapter is just question starts with question mark. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> well, fun. Dead Space. We'll yes. see you when we see you, dog. <laughs> Listen, there's a few games that I could think of in the next like two years that I'm really stoked for, and that is that's in my top ten. I like it. Yeah. Number two on here. This is number two, not in your top ten. Though. Sure. However. Number two, Forspoken has been delayed to October. Oh no! Bad news for people alive in May! Forspoken, the new open world RPG from the team that worked on Final Fantasy XV, shout out to the boys, was planned for a May 25th release, but is now targeting October 11th. Luminous Productions released a statement on Twitter stating, quote, Our vision for this exciting new IP is to deliver a game world and hero that gamers across the globe will want to experience for years to come. So getting it right is extremely important to us. To that end, during the next few months, we will focus all of our efforts on polishing the game and can't wait for you to experience Frey's journey this fall. End quote. Are you sad? Are you depressed? I know you're really, really waiting for Forspoken. <laughs> you know, Forspoken is one of those games where I think I'm visually really intrigued by a lot of what I'm seeing from it. The mix of like a modern character in this fantasy world, this kind of fish out of water take. Yeah. It's all uh, the things I like. And some of like the movement and action looks cool, but I still don't really know what the game is. Uh, well, apparently it's open world. Mm. Do you remember that uh, Project Atlia? Uh, uh, whatever the fuck it was yeah that like early thing. tech demo like this was basically what 
was spawned from it, but the whole thing was like you were just moving super fast across uh, the uh, the level, like using this kind of locomotion where you're almost skating across it. Mm-hmm. A lot of that, there's a lot of story in here. There's a lot of like meeting people. It has kind of this, it vibes like Horizon a little bit in that way, mm-hmm. um, where you're meeting just interesting, dynamic, like sorcery people and, and whatnot. Um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm intrigued by it. I like that it's not just a I don't know a known entity. Mm-hmm. So there's a little more surprise to it. You got some interesting folks working on it, like Gary Witta yes. uh, wrote some of this as well. So yeah, I'm I'm intrigued. Give it some time. Get it right. You know, new IP is always probably a very scary but exciting thing for devs. Where mm. it's it's obviously a passion project from from the people at Luminous and Square Enix of being like this is something they really believed in and wanting to like you know put out into like the next gen world of games. But it could come out and nobody like could pick it up. You know, it could be one of those things where it feels so far <laughs> off base for yeah. what Square does that people are like I don't want to fucking touch this. Right. But I hope as we see more from it between now and October that it speaks to uh, general audiences more and more. Because it's cool to see studios, like, kind of veer off and do different things. Yeah. I I like, again, I think visually it vibes really, really well. Um, Some of the combat I'm just kind of, like, interested because it's not very traditional. Like, Mm -hmm. you're doing a lot of cool spell casting and stuff, but it doesn't look like, hey, I'm standing in place and casting spells. Like, you're moving around a lot, uh, uh, using the locomotion and kind of platforming. I was like, this is really interesting Mm -hmm. and cool. I wonder how that feels, like, in in go mode, right? So, we'll see. But coming from the Final Fantasy XV devs, that is not a name... That uh, sparks delight amongst all fans, especially Final Fantasy fifteen. It does for me. Oh, it does for I me as well. 15. It does for me as well. Right. And like Luminous Productions, that's one of the newer like Square Enix studios, right? Yeah. So they they cherry picked a bunch of people that worked on fifteen and a, and a few others and created this new like side pocket. Like because like originally they were working off of something called the Luminous Engine, and mm-hmm. I don't know if they're using that anymore in favor of Unreal. I forget what happened there, but. Mm. Uh, uh, yeah, that's where the name comes from anyway. So Interesting. we'll see what they, they can do. So different than whoever's working on Final Fantasy 16 mm-hmm. and newer than whoever worked on 15. So sure. there you go. That's the in-between. Is this the game that's being developed on Unreal 5? I think it is. Ooh, that's cool. Up? Should we look that up? Yeah, look it up real quick. You know, just look it up. Um, otherwise, like the main character looks really, really cool. Um, I'm always Great. excited to see more non-white men as his protagonists in games like to have like a you know female person of color as like the protagonist is really exciting and i think that representation is going to be really important for people it is the luminous engine by oh the way. it is luminous yeah okay yeah interesting yeah. cool magic like so one of the end gadget articles square enix for spoken mixes magical parkour with an unforgiving world hmm. that sounds intriguing to me magical parkour it's hmm. it's tough right because i feel like at this point so many years and generations in the gaming we've gotten so many like combinations of gameplay styles and types and it's like you know we've ha- we have so many hybrid genres right mm. how do you make an open world game sorry an open world game or an action rpg game feel exciting and i feel like they're trying to do something new yeah which is it's fresh yeah yeah i like that i hope it doesn't fall on its fucking face <laughs> uh yeah we'll we'll, we'll see that's my favorite phrase in the we'll save see. room. Okay. We'll see. Um, could be good, could be bad. 
<laughs> I want to kind of, I know we're still in like the delay talk and yeah. coming soon talk, but this will yeah. kind of just be an in-between news item that we didn't really get to talk about uh. a few weeks ago, but Quantic Dream and the Star Wars Eclipse game. <laughs> Speaking of games that are getting delayed, that yep. game got delayed until 2027, Yeah, which is insane because I don't think I've ever seen a game get announced for a delay no. five years out. <laughs> no, apparently they're having a hard time uh, staffing up. Apparently there's a little uh, bit of a hubbub around uh, Quantic Dream, I don't know, based off of all of the uh, allegations, allegations harassment yeah. Yeah. and the fact that, uh, what's his name, David Cage is a bit of a fucking bellend, as mm-hmm. they say uh, on the UK side of the world. A bellend? A bellend, that's like a penis. He's a penis. <laughs> yeah, he seems like a giant dick. Yeah, he seems like a giant dick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah well, that's sad. It is. For nobody. <laughs> I mean, it was, it's sad for the deve- the devs that were maybe looking forward to working on like a new Star Wars IP, but I, I feel like they should just take it away from Quantic Dream at this point and just give it that idea to a take new studio. Take it away. Yeah. Yeah. This, this was supposed to be the one that was like, actually, uh, it's not just a regular Quantic Dream game anymore, right? Mm-hmm. They wanted to add some action. They wanted to do mm-hmm. some crazy stuff. It's crazy to me that they would like, they announced it, what, at Game Awards? or Yeah, Game Awards, mm-hmm. right? Because I remember having to see Jeff Keighley's face in between trailers, and um, th- which is my life now. <laughs> and and I think to myself, man, they announced some of these projects so fucking early, and like half of it, we've talked about this before, half of it's just to get like talent. Sure. To like be like, hey, send off the signal flare into the world so we can recruit with mm-hmm. the announcement alone, right? Because there's got to be someone out there that's just like, oh, I was thinking about leaving France and pursuing a... I don't know, my electrical engineering degree that I dropped out. And then I then you see Star Wars Eclipse and go, no, David needs me. <laughs> like, is that what they expect? <laughs> well, now your game's coming out in 2027, maybe. <laughs> yeah, that that that's a rough one. Yeah. But yeah. I don't I don't blame people for wanting to divorce themselves from the studio or no. not be a part of it. And I can I can see why, especially in the last couple years with all the allegations in the workplace environment of that studio just having massive attrition oh dude their leadership was like sharing bigoted memes yeah 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 i don't want to work there for there's no space for bigotry in outer space so yeah is that (laughs) is that where we're hanging our hand on Uh, hey kids i'm joe camels here to tell you there's no space in space for bigotry All right, give me the number three. <laughs> number three out here. Gotham Knight superhero lands in October. I had to like figure out what the right context to read that title was, and I read it all wrong. <laughs> Gotham Knight superhero lands in October. There we go. So like like the game because like don't cause, plural because yeah, it's, so it's the title the game. So Gotham Knights. Not but, I'm not talking about the knights. So not a normal land. Yeah, it's like a superhero, superhero land. land. <laughs> WB Montreal's co-op Bat Family Brawler is officially coming October 25th. The game was originally expected in 2021, but was delayed to give the developers, quote, more time to deliver the best possible experience for players, end quote. Which is like the smokescreen version of saying, this is so far from being fucking playable that it's like an embarrassing joke for anyone involved. <laughs> like, that's what that means when a developer says that shit. Like, oh, we're, we need more time to give the player experience that we want to land. 
Sorry. I mean, they're they're developing and balancing a co-op game, so yeah. they're, that's more complicated than a single-player experience. Yeah, you got to imagine them. <laughs> like, it, it's just like a rough thing to like balance, right? So, WB Montreal has worked alongside the Bat before, having released Batman: Arkham Origins in 2013. Shout out to that game. Gotham Knights, however, does not continue the story from the Arkham games, even though the gameplay is reminiscent of those titles. The two-player co-op game will let fans play as Batgirl, Nightwing, Robin, and Red Hood as they try to tame Gotham after the Batman seemingly bat-fucking dies. Wow. There you go. I want something that reminds me of the movie The Batman. Like, after watching that, I'm like, I want I want something like mm-hmm. this. Like, really fucking moody. And, like, I'm doing detective shit. And I'm wearing fucking, like, combat gear. Um, but this is fine, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if you're dealing with a game that subsequently lands in the aftermath of Batman dying, right? Like, there's going to be some dark tones about it, right? Of, like, the Bat children picking up the family, right? And and kind of, you know, I don't know, staying together in the aftermath of all that. So I'm sure there's going to be some darkness to the story. Especially considering the Court of Owls arc that's supposed to be kind of threaded throughout it. apparently fight the Court of Owls in this one. Mm -hmm. But no, I I get you. Especially coming off of the Batman, you just, you want to... You want to feel the power fantasy of being Battinson, right? I do. Um, I want to be Battinson. I, I just say they should just give us Batman Beyond Arkham. I just want to play Batman Beyond Arkham. Yeah, yeah, give me that shit. Fuck yeah, dude. But I think I'm f- moderately excited for this game. Mm. It's I, co-op. It is co-op. Have you been traditionally... Have you beaten any of the Batman Arkham games? Yeah. You have? Yeah. Which ones? Asylum and City. And City? Yeah. Okay. I didn't play Origins because I heard that it was very bad. No, it's not. That's I fucked. I... Fuck, fuck. That's what I heard back I'm in the so day. so mad That's about what I heard this. back in the day. Very then, bad. Nobody knows what very bad is And then is Arkham anymore. Knight was one of the ones where I started to play it and I thought it had a really strong opening and yep. then they put you in a tank. And then <laughs> yep. or the, the Batmobile slash tank <laughs> yeah. situation. And I didn't find solving puzzles in no. the Batmobile as fun as they thought it was. No, it was rough. Yeah. yeah, yeah the yeah, fact yeah, that yeah. they z- designed a lot of their mechanics around that. It's like, uh, but yeah, no, I, I loved uh, Asylum and, and City. Those are right. amazing games from the PS3 generation. We got to remind ourselves, this is a games as a service title. So like, I'm kind of like, I, I keep on forgetting that about this game. So I'm kind of wondering like, how is that going to parse it out? Yeah. Or are they going to like do like campaigns that are like content drops or yeah, something? Yeah. How invasive is that going to be in the, in the <laughs> gameplay? Isn't that funny? Like when we talk about games as a service, it's like, oh, how, how much is that going to fuck up a good game mm-hmm. is like the question. I, I feel like game devs need to really think about this shit going forward. Cause like the money people are like, yeah, uh, recurring revenue. Mm-hmm yes duh but then like when you get to a gameplay and design standpoint it's like oh you can trash this so easily Mm -hmm. you can fuck this up so badly like what if we get it and it's like oh you can there's like two bad guys like in the avengers no (laughs) oh my god they're all clones of each other yeah mr freeze's cousin dr cold (laughs) 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 like come on so levels i i i want it seems like this has been under development for a long time yeah I want it to to land and kind of live up to the Bat fantasy because it's a cool premise. Mm-hmm. The Bat children taking over the city. Mm-hmm. What a perfect like power vacuum like time period to to get into, right? 
And playing as Red fucking Hood? I was going to say, oh, like, yeah. fucking Batgirl, Nightwing, Robin, and Red Hood. That's yeah. that's a dope combo. That's a dope and combo. We yeah. haven't gotten to really play as those characters in full. I What, there was well, DLC in the Arkham games where you could play as yeah. skins of the characters. You can play as, as most of them. And as characters. No, but... no, 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 they're, not, they're them. Oh, they're them. They're them. Okay. You, yeah, Red Hood okay. was in Arkham Knight, and you can play as him in his little tiny DLC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, they all have, like hour to two hour campaign things yeah 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 but you can play as Batgirl you can play as Robin and all the rest of them Mm. and they all feel very unique so I'm glad to see that character yeah Uh, as for the co-op element I think it'll be fun to get in there with with you or well, you, it would only be you. It would be I'd, me. I'd play with this anybody else. It would be me. Play, play this with anybody else, rather. But Despite it all, it's been The you. fact that it's... So there's four characters, but it's only two-player co-op. Yeah, welcome to that choice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know what that looks like as far as story campaign or anything mm-hmm. goes, right? Is it is it going to be like dialed back where it's always like this... Again, Avengers is our baseline for how you yeah. do that. Um, is it going to feel that way where it doesn't matter if I'm playing as Batgirl or Robin? The dialogue's always going to be the same, you know? Yeah, I feel like they might just kind of do dialogue swaps here yeah. and there depending on who you're playing as, which could be fine. I think um, when you have it as a two-player co-op campaign situation, it's easy to just remove the second player and have it be its own single-player situation. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, like, I think about how... how dead space three worked right where that was a co-op campaign but like that second player you could totally forego bringing in at all and you still have story beats with that that person so right you're still going to be interacting with like the rest of the bat children regardless of who who you play as right like in cutscenes and shit like that so Mm. i'm interested in it i definitely am intrigued from from what i've seen i haven't seen much gameplay is the thing like the last trailer they did at the dc dome was very much like this is cutscene and and tone trailer heavy which mm. i don't know show me a vertical slice at this point yeah what are you hiding wbm yeah. hmm what are you hiding you're hiding those damage floaties i want to see them if they're there <laughs> you show them to me <laughs> i i'm gonna be interested to see long term though how this holds up against the other game kill the justice league right are All they gonna right. be compared side by side yeah, that's going to be hard not to compare this to, right? That, Even if it is different sets of characters. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. that's a co-op game, but it's not games of service, right? Yes-ish. It's yes-ish. more story-focused. Okay. Yeah, it seems like there's a more like straightforward campaign in that okay. one. This one seems segmented in some ways. But that one got delayed, too. Yeah. Right out of sure. this fucking year. Sure. Like, what is it, next year now? Yeah. Yeah, okay. We talked about that a few episodes ago. We did. Mm-hmm. We did. It's like a... It's like a show we do. We do. You a know? show. It's like a show. Hey, I'll check it out. Yeah. I like I like Batman. I like the Batman verse. I like uh I like all sorts of things. I want to be Batgirl. I want to I do too. Oh, can we do can we do Batgirl v Batgirl? Can we have two Batgirls? I'd be in that. that. Watch the game stop us. Yeah. And be like, "Oh, it doesn't make any sense." <laughs> Thematically it doesn't yeah. make sense. Canonically, you can't play as two Batgirls. Uh, it does. There's more than one character that took up the mantle of Batgirl. Excuse me. I don't know their names, but I know that there's other ones in Barbara Gordon, mm. I think. In the Arkham game, yeah. she got relegated to the role of Oracle, right? Correct. Where she was just chilling in a wheelchair the entire time? Yes. Okay. Relegated? Mm-hmm. That's what happens in the comments. She doesn't get know, relegated. She gets shot in the spine. Well, I know, happens. but we don't see that happen. I'm going to relegate know. you to a real <laughs> wheelchair. <laughs> yeah no she's bat ish girl okay now. she's standing around cool how did they do that with the dlc then was that a different person did she get cured anyway <laughs> <laughs> number four on here my friend 
Elden Ring is already the best-selling game of the year in the U.S. <laughs> Elden know. Ring is king right now. Yep. I'm not surprised to to hear that at all, to, to read the sales numbers yeah. about it. The, especially considering the buzz hype around this game. Like, yes, this game was going to fucking sell. There is a little bit of buzz hype around this. Yeah. Now, this is according to the market research firm NPD. Mm-hmm. From Software's Digital Opus is the best-selling game of the year, as ranked by dollar sales, and outsold every other title in the month of February, even though it released on the 25th. Okay. Matt Piscatella of the NPD Group wrote on Twitter, quote, After one month in market, Elden Ring ranked as the fifth best-selling game of the 12-month period ending February 2022. So trailing 12 months, right? Wow. Elden Ring ranked first on Steam and Xbox platforms in February, while placing second on PlayStation. If you're wondering about that, he says, Horizon 2, Forbidden West, thank you for using the two, was the second best-selling game of February 2022, while also ranking first on PlayStation platforms. Dollar sales of the PlayStation 5 version of Horizon 2, Forbidden West, set a new launch month record for the PlayStation 5 platform. Wow. So that game's doing pretty fucking good. Didn't get completely swallowed by Elden Ring hype. No official numbers, though, from what I could see. You're looking for the actual like, Yeah, like, I do want to know what the dollar amount on the. Yeah, they're, they're using, like, aggregated, like... Like, I'm sure on the website they have it there, but, like, yeah, the studio or band, sorry, Bamco mm-hmm. probably didn't say what the sales are directly. Video game companies, like, are so bad at reporting unless they think it's good. Mm-hmm. Like, if something fails, you will not hear. No, no, you're you're right on that. Bandai and, and companies across the board tend to be very tight-lipped about mm. the concrete number uh, in unit sales, unless it's a, like impressive, like yeah. oh, we sold ten million units in in the first month, which is a milestone. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to figure out like what the ex- exact number is. It's got to be tough to account for too, because this is a massive cross-platform effort, right? Between PS4, PS5, Xbox, Steam, and then accounting not just physical sales but digital sales, right? So there's a lot of like moving parts and, and variables with that, but I think considering. The initial trailers and hype and buzz going into it, there was a lot of curiosity about this game, uh, especially from people who might have been looking at the franchise from the outset, being like, you know, I haven't been able to get into Bloodborne or Sekiro, right? And this one seems like the one that I could finally get into and and uh, maybe enjoy a bit more. So, If you want some numbers here, again, I don't know what the exact numbers for Elden Ring are, but Matt... Matt- uh, Piscatella wrote, February 2022 consumer spending across video game hardware, content, and accessories fell 6% when compared to a year ago mm-hmm. to about $4.4 billion. Declines were experienced across all major categories of spend, with hardware showing the largest year-on-year percentage decline. Year-to-date, spending reached $9.1 billion, a 4% decrease when compared to the same time period last year. I guess as we start to get out of pandemic, people aren't spending on their video games anymore, you know? Isn't that sad? It is a little bit a little sad, because we saw such a boom in the industry in 2020, right? Let's just extend this pandemic, you know? Make you sure know? video games are healthy. Joe Biden, shut the world back down again. We need video game sales. Yo, Joe Biden be talking about going back to office and, like, that's what, what we, we need to do. I, I read something... Well, this is way off base, but I read something... Uh, We're always off base. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we don't have a lot of information here, but... <laughs> um, I read somewhere that a recruiter said every time that a, like, like a big tech company announces that they are planning to go get their workforce back to office... Mm-hmm. 
what their recruiters do is that they put a bunch of feeders out, like mm. start hitting up people like in LinkedIn, and they end up getting like 30% of every company's workforce oh, <laughs> just wow. from that recruiting effort. They're like, it's just a major win for us. He's like, I wish more tech companies would mistakenly fucking just announce uh, back to office plans because that's how you lose people. Really yeah. interesting. Yeah. I, I would always prefer to have the option. That's what my company does where it's like, hey, yeah. do you want to work hybrid do you want to work in office do you want to stay work from home and i'm just like well i live like five to ten minutes away from like my main corporate building but i'm just like i'm gonna keep working from home because i've worked almost two full years from home and at this point it's just like i'm doing the job i'm high functioning mm-hmm. at the job at home like i don't know factoring in a commute and everything it'd be nice to see people again but yeah i know, I know there's like folks out there that are like oh man you know especially in gaming i saw this take uh where it it just isn't the same magic when you're not collaborating with people in person. And I'm like, that... That makes sense. Sure. Yeah. Especially in creative fields. Sure, but you need to readjust your expectations, I would Mm -hmm. say, to expect that everyone needs to come in and contribute in an office, you know? Like, I I honestly don't think there's ever been a hit against uh, efficiency uh, for people working from home. So you just got to realize. I think the most (laughs) impressive thing about this is that in the 12 month period it is the fifth best selling game yeah in 12 months yeah trailing 12 months that's crazy like think yeah. like what what are some other games that came out in the last 12 months right call of duty vanguard yeah call of duty vanguard mm-hmm. battlefield mm-hmm. uh halo infinite but like yeah i always thought sales are going to be really fuzzy around that since it's available through game pass mm-hmm. Like, how do you know is, like, a direct dollar value or spend, mm. I guess? Doesn't that sound buzzy? What's the spend on this game? <laughs> um, I think Deathloop came out. And that also yeah. does it, that also accounts for... Pokemon. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. I'm curious where that is. One of these articles has... I didn't That's link nuts. the article. I'm sorry. I don't know what was about it. It's okay. We just know Elden Ring's number five. It's that good, good. And right I, think, there. I think by the end of the year... Yep. Elden Ring is going to be number one in a lot of the conversations for people in terms of game of the year. Undoubtedly. Yeah. Undoubtedly. I, I, it's interesting. I think uh, in some people's heads, uh, From Software and Soulslikes are still like very, very niche. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not. No. They're mainstream now. You just got to admit that. They're totally mainstream. Just the sales are there for them. Yeah. The conversation's there. You got people that like would never have like picked up like Dark Souls 1 or even mm-hmm. 3 yeah. are talking about Elden Ring. So this is... When it comes to uh, cultural penetration, which is a really weird way you to said it. put it. I you mean, what else it. do you kind of say? Anyway, <laughs> this one is, is done its job. Mm-hmm. It's... Um, from Software is going to go down as as one of those developers that like people look to as as examples of like this is this is how you do fucking world design. Yeah. This is how you do like mechanics meshing together in a way that's like interesting and 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 is very allows for variables. Yeah, it's amazing. It's mm-hmm. amazing. Good job Miyazaki getting those paychecks. Oh, and they uh, gave a raise to everyone uh, on the From Software team that's after awesome. its release. Yeah. yeah. Which is another thing that you like to see, that they're actually getting paid dividends for Mm -hmm. having a massive successful hit. That's Um, awesome. Because if it was like EA, you'd be like, cool, you had a moderate hit. Well, we're going to tank your fucking studio and laugh about it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think we have, because it's it's tough, right? Mm. A lot of people would argue that the Souls genre has been niche, but we've obviously seen the influence in 
newer games, a lot of Souls lights, right? Like we're seeing it in Final Fantasy. We saw it in, in Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah. Uh, but I think with with Dark Souls three and Sekiro, that's I think where like the series really started to become less and less niche. Uh, and then when Sekiro got Game of the Year in 2019, it's like this is no longer like a sleeper genre that yeah. like like under a million people are playing. This is a widely acclaimed genre and franchise. From and, Software's design ethos has affected yeah. gaming, yeah. right? It's everywhere, even in titles that you like Hades, for instance. Mm-hmm. You know, like all these other titles that are bangers and are winning awards and whatnot. They're all taking cues mm-hmm. from what FS does. That's our future. There you go. I like it. I like it too. I like it. We'll talk about more Elden yeah, Ring at the end of this episode, but we got kind of a big windy thing to talk about, but maybe not. Who knows? Uh, number five on here is PlayStation's Japan-focused state of play proved there's beasts in the east. <laughs> oh, yes. So from battling kaiju to dinosaurs literally raining out of the sky, PlayStation's low-key pulse check showed off a range of titles from the east, including one Western surprise. Let's start with the Western surprise, actually. Okay. I don't, I don't care how the doc is I'm on into it. it. Um, we can just click on the link for the PlayStation yeah, blog. So Returnal, the hit game from Housemark that we got last year, their first yeah. kind of AAA third-person action effort that finally showed them walking away from their arcade style that they were so known for. And we're making money on it. Uh, they oh, Save Room's Game of the Year, by the way. Yes. Save Room's 2021 Game of the Year. Yes, indeed. That game's fantastic. Very great So game. there's a new free update coming called Ascension, and it adds a co-op mode and a Tower of Sisyphus mode, which I guess is just Sisyphus. like... Sisyphus? It's like the legend. He's oh, also yeah. in Hades as yeah, a character yes, yes, yes. that you meet. Sisyphus. Yeah, he's the one that's always like trying to push, push up the, the boulder, boulder yeah. up the uh, hill. But the boulder, like an Elden Ring, attacks him. <laughs> so this is, yeah, that's going to be a metaphor of a mode, for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> But uh, that's what it's called. Um, yeah, free update. Surprised by that. Mm-hmm. I, I, they could have easily tried to uh, uh, package this as a product that you buy as DLC or whatever, but it's just there. Mm-hmm. Co-op in the campaign is something that we talked about going like, oh, that's next level. Maybe really a cool. sequel. Yeah. Nope, they're just doing it to this one. Fuck yeah, dude. Um, and you can like still collect things. The way it works is um, there's a host, mm-hmm. and then somebody else can jump in. Either you can have a private session with a friend, or you can just do uh, matchmaking, which is cool as fuck. Wait, you mean I don't need a bunch of arcane inventory items <laughs> and secret passwords and steps to do it? Apparently not. I could just matchmake. Apparently you could just matchmake. Wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You beautiful. don't need to do anything like that. That's yeah, amazing. Yeah. And there's no like zones that are, <laughs> you know. However, there is one thing in the game that you need to keep in mind. You can't uh, go too far from each other mm. because you'll the other character will teleport back to the host. Oh, okay. So you can't just explore the map in separate ways. So it just rubber bands you back. Yeah, you got to okay. be mainly in the same rooms for most of it. We'll see how. Not bad. How restrictive that is. It reminds me of Anthem. You remember Anthem did that shit? Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm going to go fly off to see this waterfall. And then it's like, nope. oh, you see a fucking loading screen no, the fuck five seconds not. later. Yeah, yeah. No, you're not. No, you're but not. with it being PS5, the load times have always been insanely fast. So yeah. I feel like, you know, oh, no, I, I have to rubber band and load back. I'll be there in like five seconds. Yeah, yeah you'll be Probably there. Probably be fine. Less than five seconds. So, yeah, that'll be fine. And then the Tower of Ascension, apparently, I don't think it is co-op. Uh, that's by yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is kind of sad because that seems like a challenge that would be cool to do co-op as yeah. well. Yeah. It seems like they're adding like story content to that as well. And a new which boss. Is interesting. There's a new boss in the game to fight. So that's exciting. Mm. But uh yeah, it's it's uh you see how far you can get up that uh tower of power. Let me tell you what. That, I'm fucking into it. So, yeah, we got some more Returnal streams yes, coming. Yes, for like, sure. Did not expect that Returnal would be back on the docket this year, but it is very happy to 
very happy to see it. Well, there was the rumor that there was going to be new Returnal stuff at the Game Awards, and then and it, didn't, it happen. didn't happen. And then well, there was, was like... an announcement that Housemark was working on new IP that wasn't Returnal. So yes. it's just like, oh, I, I pushed the idea of there being new Returnal stuff entirely out of my head. So to right. get this like little nugget of, of content is really cool. Yeah, but sounds like no Returnal 2 for uh, at least a long time, because mm-hmm. if they're working on a new IP. I guess I'm okay with that. I don't mm. really know how you make a sequel for that game. I feel like the the story was kind of done. Yeah, I agree with that. I think a sequel would have just been like, hey, a new world, new character, new everything. Yeah. But it would have been kind of the maybe the same. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's why they're working on a new IP, because it's like, hey, we did what we could with Returnal. And then we gave you the thing that could have been sequel bait, which was co-op. Yeah. So, oh, shit. Cool. So there's other things to talk about, though, not just Returnal. I guess. The other thing. I know. I know. This was <laughs> this is a very this is a very particular thing. I, I've already seen publications kind of calling it like a tepid event unless you have a particular interest in like very niche titles, you know, like RPGs, tactics games and yeah. shit like that. So that's what this was. Cool. I mean, it felt like a Nintendo Direct to me. I almost sure. felt the same where I was like, here's a lot of things that I know are very exciting for my friends that I don't care about. <laughs> but going into it, I couldn't fully be disappointed because at least Sony was good about the messaging about what mm. it was going to be, right? They said, this is going to be a focus on our second and third party Japanese partners yeah. and studios. Yeah, you're not going to so see Spider-Man. I'm just like, we're not going to see Spider-Man. We're not going to see Ragnarok. I was like, maybe... Yeah. We'll see Ghostwire. Maybe we'll see something Final Fantasy. Yeah, and we, we did. did see so Ghostwire, yeah. I I couldn't be let down by it because they told me what it was going to be. Yeah. And at this point in my my heart of hearts, I know that the bigger stuff is going to come from their conferences, not their mm. state of plays. I think their state of plays are a completely different thing that we need to just consider as them as such like this, where it's like it's going to be pockets of like indie games or updates on things. It's not going to be the big hitters. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, you're always going to have a pocket of people that are going to like put it into their head that. You know, it's going to be a monolithic thing. We're going to get this fucking world-ending announcement, mm-hmm. and then they get the maddest and loudest when it's like, no, it's a couple of cool things, I yeah. guess, you know. But uh, one of the new news that was surprising was a new game from Capcom <laughs> called Exo Primal, mm-hmm. which uh, up until you got to the title announcement, everyone was like, is this Dino Crisis? Because it features dinosaurs, and it's by Capcom. And there's a red-haired protagonist. But it wasn't Dino Crisis, <laughs> and they are they are holding steady that it is a new IP, mm-hmm. not based on an old one. Even though uh, on the old Dino Crisis Reddit, where there's like maybe a thousand people on there, by the way, because mm-hmm. every time somebody posts something, there's like five likes. Yeah, <laughs> where like if you go to like Elden Ring, there's like fifteen thousand <laughs> like views. Um, they're they're saying well, there's a few references to Dino Crisis in it, and the aesthetic gamer, mm-hmm. uh, everyone's favorite. Uh, Capcom leaker sure. who doesn't really Capcom leak anymore to be honest with you he just kind of like reacts to announcements these days mm-hmm. probably because he got so much shit for doing it yeah eh, anyway um, he says he thinks it's in the Dino Crisis universe because they fuck with time travel by part two and stuff okay. like that it could be but I'm just like I bet you this game started as Dino Crisis maybe in development and they got to a point where they're like ooh yeah, this is too far off base. There's no horror element here. Mm-hmm. Sure, we have dinosaurs, but like, it's fucking Anthem. It's Anthem versus dinosaurs. It actually looks more like that game, Second Extinction, that I really, really like. Yeah. Um, so yeah, why not rename it? Just be like, this is a new IP. Because like, if we if we slap Dino Crisis on this and it's distinctly not 
like horror or anything like the older games, people are going to get mad. <laughs> oh, yeah, undoubtedly. Yeah, the, I got probably 15 seconds into the trailer, caught the tone of it and and the look, and I'm like, this. it, it feels like a shame that it just wasn't Dino Crisis mm-hmm. in, a diff- like, in entirety, like in that scope of it being a horror, survival horror game in the Resident Evil engine. Um, I'm okay with it being something different because that still does open the door back up of like, you know, maybe one day we could get a Dino Crisis remake, which would be cool. Perhaps. Um, the, the fans are screaming about it loud enough. Poor jaw muncher out there, you know, (laughs) but I watched the trailer a second time and I think I enjoyed it a bit more on second oh, yeah? watch were like, you not into the tone when you first saw well, it I, so i was working when the state of play was happening and oh, i was kind of like any state of play. listening and kind of half paying attention i was like what is this i was like oh dinosaurs and co-op okay cool whatever and then yeah. i you know i rewatched it uh later that night and i'm like oh this actually looks a bit more fun um i don't know that i want to pay a full price for it though it's kind oh, of oh i will on their day one yeah it's dinosaurs and it's capcom. capcom yeah it's dinosaurs and it's Capcom. I'm there, sure. baby. I'm there. You got me. You got my money I already. Mean, you have dinosaurs falling out of the sky. It looks yeah. like there's really interesting class-based shooting mechanics, too. Yeah, yeah. Which is neat. Seems pretty sick. Yeah, yeah. So it's five-player uh, PvE. You jump in there co-op style, blasting down these dinos. Apparently the world is being, like, under siege from these rainstorms of dinosaurs. That is the premise. And <laughs> that you have, like, a robot in the trailer that's, like, giving you a forecast of, like, oh, tomorrow calls for velociraptors coming from the sky. <laughs> it's it's pretty dope. It, it feels like fucking uh, Capcom meets Rain of Fire. Like, you know, yeah. you're living in this world oh, perfect of, movie. of uh, primordial creatures <laughs> and dinosaurs. Yeah, like, <laughs> I honestly thought it was a platinum game when I looked yeah. at the trailer. I was like, this is something they would make, right? But I was surprised to see, oh, it's Capcom. Well, good to know. So that's exciting. Uh, I don't know when that's coming out. Is that next year? 2023. Fuck me. Who cares? Why'd you even announce it? (laughs) Uh, New Ghostwire Tokyo. We talked a bit about that. Mm -hmm. I know know you're still uh, Luke Wire. I'm pretty lukewarm on it. Yeah, I I don't know what would really sell me on it. I think tits. I think it's going to be one of those things like Deathloop where once I start hearing how... Yeah, put whole assholes in that game. Give me the (laughs) biggest titties. (laughs) Give <laughs> me Japanese titties. Um, what the fuck? I'm a big Jav fan. <laughs> I, um, you know, I, there's only a few porn stars in Japan, male porn stars in Japan, mm. whereas there's like the the average is about uh, like five percent of porn stars are men, and the rest mm. are women. That makes like sense. For some, yeah, just yeah. that's interesting. They do a big thing with with censorship though in Japanese porn, where mm. they they blur the they genitals. Do. They blur that. They blur insertion. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe Ghostfire, if it wanted to sell. <laughs> it would have more insertion. Yeah. Or or as DLC, be like, hey, here's the uncensored <laughs> full insertion mode. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, okay. So it's, I'm trying to sell it to you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for appealing to my, my interests. Um, yeah. It's it's one of those things where, like, even if, like, uh, Akumi Nakamura stayed on it, like, I think I'd still be in that weird boat where I'm like, I don't really know how I feel about it. Like, the messaging about what the game is has been weird up until yeah. the last kind of deep dive they did. Because they did, it was it a state of play they did last for it? Yeah. Or was it just something they did on the PlayStation blog where they deep dive the game? It was like some live stream thing. Yeah. I, I didn't, I was working then. Same. Too. Yeah. I so I, some of it. I, I mean, I got a better sense of what the game is. Like, I, I like the sense of that kind of like cyberpunky Japan and like it plays with cool like images of like 
you know, Oni and warriors and like mm. the, the idol tree of Japanese culture. But I, I, I don't know, you know, until I know what the game plays like, like you said, it kind of gives you dishonored vibes. It, yeah. There's some weird dual wielding stuff where I'm like, Oh, it reminds me kind of like the powers from like Bioshock, which, you know, it's more or less dishonored in that, in mm. that same beat. So, um, I don't know. I guess once I, once the embargo's up and I hear people talk about it, I'll, I'll let that inform my decision a bit more. Right so, on, right on. There's uh, a new Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origin demo. Cool. And people are memeing and trashing on it already because <laughs> there seems like there's a lot of bad ideas on this. This yeah. is like Nomura's fucking weekend project. Uh, and it's given as much attention as a weekend project would, right? Yeah, he gave it to his kids. He's like, hey, kids, I want you to make yeah. me a, a Final Fantasy that I'll, I'll show up for on the weekends and right. contribute to. Like, what's a cool lead character? And they, they yeah. came up with the whitest man imaginable. Yeah, what, what, what's the name the white American audiences love? Yeah, Jack. That's Jack, a strong one. Yeah, Jack is a very strong name. He's got to go kill chaos. We played the demo. Yeah, the uh, original demo. And I thought it was good. I had fun with mm-hmm. it. I thought like the challenge of, of learning the the kind of souls light mechanics and just learning how to parry and balance my abilities and attacks was was it's it's different for a Final Fantasy game, and I, I kind of appreciated it. Um, but after I came off the demo, I was like, well, that was cool. And then I didn't really think too much about it after. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not a demo that stuck with me, unfortunately. Yeah, me neither. I thought it was... I remember it being really ugly. Yes. I remember the, the world being ugly. But I think the idea of a Souls-like with Final Fantasy creatures is is a good sell for me. Mm-hmm. But this feels like a game that I'm not even sure that I will pick up right away. Mm-mm. Like comes out this month. Yeah, I don't know about that one. <laughs> But it'd be fun to watch the memes for it. So yeah, for sure. Go. I mean, <laughs> I love the fucking Limp Biscuit memes for it. Yeah, um, but the cool Jesus. thing about it is there's a demo that lets you carry over your progress to the full game. And I love yeah. when demos let you do that, where it's oh, like, yeah. cool, don't waste my time in a demo. Let me actually bring that to the game experience. Unless you're doing like one-shot demos that are a little different. Like yeah. Capcom does that a bit. And I think those are interesting in their own way. Right, the time demos, or you yeah. can do it once kind of demo situation. Yeah, yeah, I know what they did to me with Resident Evil 2. I remember. <laughs> I remember what they did. I wanted to play it. I downloaded it like on multiple platforms to play it again, if I recall correctly. I'm going to I'm gonna jump through a few of these real quick. Some of these are boring. We can come back to it. The one that really stuck out to me was Trek to Yomi. Oh, right. That looks yeah, cool. That, that looks of, cool. Side-scrolling kind of yeah. samurai game. Yep. yep. Yeah, it, it reminds me of like a side-scrolling Kurosawa version of like Sifu meets like Ghost of Tsushima. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks dope. Looks very cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm into it. Um, I don't really want to play a bunch of old Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle games, to be honest with you. There are so many Turtle games in that collection. There were. There were like... I just want that 15, new one. Yeah, that's what I really want. The one that uh, Do- Do- Dotomu Dotomu's and, um, making. Yeah, was it Lizard Cube? <laughs> I forget. <that. laughs> yeah, the, the guys behind uh, Streets of Rage Four. Right, yeah. right, 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 right. I want that one. I don't want to play these old like what. There's like one from the Game Boy. There's so like many. the Game Boy in this collection. Yeah, I mean, give me give me Turtles in Time. Yeah, and then there was another one that I think I liked. I forget the name of it. Tournament Fighters. Are you into that? I don't, I don't think I played that one. Do you remember the Power Ranger Tournament Fighters game? Mm-mm. Oh, man. So you could play as, like, Power Rangers versus, like, Goldar and a few other people, but you can also get into the uh, to the Zords mm. and have some fucking... Zord some, warfare. Some fight downs. Yeah, that was a fun game, too. Also trash, but... 
Uh, let's see. What, what was what was the thing? What here? about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure All Star Battle R? Do you remember I started watching JoJo yeah. and I fucking gave up? I feel like I gave up. Oh, I thought you watched it all. No, I just gave up. Oh, I, okay. I got to the the Japanese arc, the mm-hmm. one where it's uh, Jotaro, and I and he's such a he's such a bitch. Mm-hmm. He's such an asshole, actually. <laughs> to like he he says like mean shit to his mom. And he's an asshole, like, all the time. No, and I'm JoJo, just like, no. you're the worst. The yeah. JoJo's before this are either, like, cool or, like, very heroic. Mm-hmm. And he's just a just a bitch. <laughs> so I just stopped watching. And apparently that's everyone's favorite arc for some fucking reason. Because it's, like, the most, like, uh, Pokemon or whatever. Inter- I, okay. Interesting. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. This is not even a new game. This is a fucking remaster of an old-ass fighting JoJo game. There you go. came out, like, 2011 or some shit. Oh, okay. <laughs> the... What was the thing? No. If we want to talk about anime shit, Gundam Evolution something I will definitely play. It's, it's fucking Overwatch with Gundams. I am into it. Mm. It's all first person. You're blasting. You're shooting. You know? Because I feel like there's, like, this inclination to try to do the melee aspects of Gundam in video games. Like, Dynasty Warriors mm-hmm. obviously played on that. And then, like, the shooting aspect is, like, second second fiddle. No, man, if you watch Mobile Suit Gundam, they are gun-firing yeah. each other, you know? <laughs> like, I like a game that is finally representing that. So I will definitely play Gundam Evolution. You're going to get it, too. It's free to play. <laughs> Yeah, that's the thing that's attractive about it to me, where I'm like, you know what? There's no loss in a free-to-play game. There's no loss. There's no loss. Get in there, man. Unless it has some weird gotcha elements. I Probably. (laughs) Get ready for that. If it's free-to-play, it's going to be monetized into the ground. Yeah, that's that's unfortunate. (laughs) Um, So we got Forspoken as well, which just gave us a bit more of a deep dive of uh, the world and the character. Um, And then I guess the last two things were uh, from Square, Square Enix. Yeah. Square's doing the thing. So Square is bewilderingly not doing another Final Fantasy Tactics. They're doing something called the Dio Field Chronicle because they they want to make sure that it's a name that you will instantly forget (laughs) or remember forever. I'm not sure. It's a weird name. Dio Field. Dio Field. Okay. I mean, cool. Tactics games are neat, right? Like, did you say right question mark and looked at me? I fucking hate tactics games. No, let me games. say that again with more affirmation. <laughs> tactics games are cool. Mm. I love Final Fantasy Tactics. Project Triangle Strategy actually just came out last week. Yeah. It's doing good numbers. People are loving it. It's doing numbers, yeah. Um, and squares. But it's just, I don't know, it's baffling to me that you mm. would tease what looks like a lot of Final Fantasy like imagery and right. style and not just give us like a remake, remaster of final fantasy tactics a little bewildering huh a little bewildering, a little bewildering. i mean they, they make weird choices i feel like sometimes they care about their old ip sometimes they don't give a shit yeah case in point uh what's going on with like chrono trigger <laughs> right right it, a lot of weird stuff there like why not bring yeah they did an update to chrono trigger for pc and mobile and it's like oh are you gonna bring it to like console and they're like no yeah, and then the same thing with the fucking Pixel Remaster Collection, yeah. where it's like, these games are coming to Steam, but we're not even going to bring them to Switch. And it's like, why are you landlocking these to one platform? Yeah, capital C choices are being made at Square Enix, and I can't figure out what it is. And I, I want to know the real reasons. Do they not have faith in it? Do they just want to wait until they can do a Pixel uh, Pixel Remaster Collection and charge 60 bucks for it? Mm-hmm. That's probably like the most ideal for them. Because like, it's, it's a bitch to certify like 
six games sure like individually and like release them mm-hmm. and then just like collecting and be like here's a whole honestly collection. if you put all six of those on a disc or a cartridge on the switch i'd i'd buy them just to have them i would buy it too yeah. just as a historical artifact and i would play a few of the the better ones that people tell me to play, i would so. go back through six play that from fucking stem to stern you know stem to stern yeah. stem to stern yeah, I like that. But hey, exciting for people that like tactics games. The thing that I found exciting was actually they're doing a Valkyrie Elysium, which is a Valkyrie profile sequel. Okay. Very uh, interesting RPGs. I, I watched uh, Nick of Make Monsters play the first one, uh-huh. and it's it's more action-based RPG. Um, it, it's hard to describe, but it it was like side-scrollery, but when you would get into a fight, it would turn into like, like a Final Fantasy style. Uh, very cool, but this one is an action RPG, so they're trying to get they're trying to get people like Kevin mm-hmm. <laughs> to pick it up, and I will pick it up. It reminds me of the kind of shit that studios would release like willy nilly on PlayStation Three, mm-hmm. that like had like little to no fanfare or marketing, but would become a cult like hit, mm-hmm. like because like like people would be like, yeah, El Shaddai, and you'd be like, what the fuck is El Shaddai, dog? <laughs> And it's like, oh, I'll show you what El Shaddai is. <laughs> I'll that, show you the word. Yeah, that, that's what this trailer looked yeah. at, like looked like to me. We're just like, oh, I can't believe that we're we're making this in the modern day. But fuck yeah, I'll play it. It, it gave me like tales of like a rise. Tales, yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, okay, cool. But I don't know. It's again one of those things where it's like. This is cool to see get announced. It's cool for other people. Yeah, I but not don't quite. Think I'm gonna buy it on. Not it. quite your thing right now. Right now, yeah. I feel that. Hey. Okay, I'll pick it up. I'll tell you about it. Sure. I'll borrow it one day. You can borrow it? Oh, I'll pick it up digitally. I'm sorry. I'll borrow your entire console. Just the whole console? Yeah. Can you dust it? Yeah, I can get in there with some dust. Yeah, I'll open it up, shit? you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, fucking... it's getting loud when I play Elden Ring sometimes. It's a loud game. It's a loud game. <laughs> it's just That's just the art style. It uh, it really pushes uh, the, the console on all, on all fronts. So, yeah, this was the state of play hmm. from from Sony this this. It was fine. Month. Yeah. I didn't care. <laughs> was this the first one of the year? I forget. Uh, maybe. Yeah, there might have been another so. one. Yeah. Here's the thing about these state of plays, right? Like we got to really. I've been saying it every single time. You just really need to temper your expectations for uh-huh. them, right? They're they're basically Sony's version of it could have been an email as a sure. video. Like they're sending the email. <laughs> this is it. You know, choose to read it or not. I didn't even watch the full thing through. I just picked in. Uh, picked like the announcements and watched like the trailers for the games and yeah. whatnot, and I was like, oh, okay, cool, ah, you know. But uh, yeah, I, I like you said, when it comes to the big shit, they're gonna save that for like a conference mm-hmm. or an event, and they won't call it a state of play. I don't think you're gonna get like Final Fantasy 16 at a state of play. You're gonna get that shit at like either it's dedicated for 16 that either Square and Sony are doing together, mm-hmm. or maybe just Square, or it's gonna be baked into something that they know is gonna be all eyes on, right? That's it's tough because we already got the reveal of 16. I feel like the yeah. conferences are where we're gonna get some of the new announcements and reveals for first party things and maybe some second party games, but. If it's already been announced, I feel like it's free reign to maybe deep dive a little bit more at a state of play. Like yeah. I, I had expected maybe Final Fantasy sixteen. I, I think was, a lot of people did. I, I wasn't expecting Final Fantasy seven remake part two because I think that's yeah. still a ways out. But you yeah. know, a little teaser of sixteen, and maybe maybe they don't have enough to show yet. But yeah, that's the thing about it. That's why I'm saying like they would almost treat it. Uh, as an eyes on like a re-announcement thing mm-hmm. they don't like i get it it got announced originally but we're so far off from the game that they can, can continue to be like oh here's another trailer sure. to like really like drip feed off of and it still be like 
the marquee of whatever event they're doing. So that's why I think it's less likely to be like thrown into, hey, here's what's going on with Japan in our state of play. It's like, no, you're mm-hmm. going to see some titles like fucking Gigabash. You're not yeah. going to see fucking Final Fantasy 16. Like when we get like actual deep dives, it means it'll be the year of release. And we're not in the year of release of 16. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you that. Guarantee you that. <laughs> yeah, because they didn't even put a date on it when nope. they teased it first. So. They sure didn't. And they won't. Hmm. I guess with that though, when do you think we get the next conference? Because there are a few things that were slated for the second half of the year, right? Like mm-hmm. God of War Ragnarok is still on the table for late 2022, and I mean, I think that game slips to 2023. I don't. I don't think we get that this year. I would also take that bet. Yeah. Um. I think the next big PlayStation like experience like conference or mm-hmm. whatever it is. Is going to be around E3 time. Not mm-hmm. on E3, uh, dead on the dot, uh, dead on the date, I should yeah. say. It's going to be like around it like they did last year. You remember with that really bewildering live action opener that they oh, did? Oh, I do. The, I do remember that. That's the next time. That Where they're doing was. like chess in, in yeah. the real world with PlayStation characters. Yeah, yeah. that's the next weird. time you'll see uh, Final Fantasy 16. That's my bet. That's fair. That's fair. I would. Yeah. Ideally, I would love to see two more like major conference things because like there's so much on the table right now in terms of like rumored things with Spartacus and then with mm. like PSVR two. We know that's a known entity, but it, I think that's going to be its own state of play. By the you way, think that'll the be Spartacus reveal. Yeah, okay, that's, be uh, that's what I was thinking would happen here. But then when they said, "Oh, it's, it's going to be, no. it's going to be you know Japanese games," I'm like, ah, probably not. Yeah, definitely not. Definitely not. Yeah, I don't think that's going to get like thrown into a state it's gonna be like its own thing like hey we have an announcement for we're gonna do a state of play about playstation plus and you'll know immediately like that's what it is yeah that's gonna be about spartacus because i think there's a bit that they need to get right with the messaging of that in terms of some of the tiers some of the pricing and then maybe what games are available once the service goes live listen to me you sons of bitches (laughs) i spent a lot of money with you sony yeah and I have one ask for you. If you're going to actually do the PlayStation back catalog, you best make sure Resident Evil 2, the PS1 original, is available day fucking one, baby. You better. You best do he'll it. riot. If it's not there, he'll riot. You've never seen Vengeance this way. You just saw the Batman? That wasn't even it. No. That's not the Vengeance I'm thinking of. Oh, baby. You're going to see it. Yeah. You're going to see that that dish served cold. Very cold. Very cold. Also, how sick would it be if they had trophies to those fucking back catalog games? Damn. It would be cool. I know there's a bit of, like, certification and stuff that goes into, like, making that happen. Yeah. That maybe... Because it's code that needs to pop at the right time, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's an API that's taking in signals from your actions as a player in the game. That means that you would need to pay somebody to do it. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> so, yeah, you're right. More than likely they won't. (laughs) Yeah, we'll see. But I think when they eventually do confirm that that's the thing and give us more details on it, then they need to have a cool rollout for it. Yeah. There's a chance that it might just be a blog post, but, you know, I'd like to see a bit more from it. I mean, fine. I get it. But, like, come on. Come on. Thinking of how Nintendo did the Nintendo Switch Online plus expansion pack thing where they were like, oh, we're going to give you N64 games and then Sega Genesis games. Like, that was part of a Nintendo Direct. Right. And I think seeing that and seeing some of the pricing helped 
consumers understand what it was. I do like knowing what things cost. Yes. <laughs> if they are purchasable. Bit, very cost-driven. Yeah, very cost-driven. I need to know the spend. Sure. You know? All right, let's get into this fucking Elden Ring talk real yeah. quick. We're done with news. Bye, news. I think we got maybe... Let's, let's talk for maybe like 20, 30 minutes here. 20, about 30 minutes about Elden this? Ring, yeah. Yeah, this is, this is not like a review. This is just a conversation. No, it's just... It's literally the only game we've been playing. It's just continued thoughts, because uh, like yeah. the last time we talked about it was two weeks ago when it had just come out. So. Yes, that's true. And since then, I've, I've put in a full-time job mm-hmm. uh, to get uh, my new character, which is my old character. I just renamed her because I wasn't satisfied with the direction I was going. Mm-hmm. So I started with like a Claire Redfield thing, sure. but she just didn't look like Claire to me. So I was like, ah, this is wrong. <laughs> and then I found out you can change uh, your cosmetics and your character's name in-game without restarting a character. Mm-hmm. So I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. So <laughs> I ended up just kind of making a new character... Uh, and landed on Coda Veronica mm-hmm. is her name. A reference to what? Who knows? But uh, yeah, so Coda Veronica is very strong. She's level 130 Wow! at this point right now. I'm doing what is called a quality build. I learned this terminology the other day, Okay. Uh, which is you're indexing high on strength and dexterity. Okay. Um, I'm putting more in strength than anything, so you, I'm almost more of a strength build these days than anything sure. else. Does does vitality get rolled into that for like health stats? Uh, it can and should. Okay. Um, so I'm rocking forty on the vitality or vigor in this game. I've got about uh, sixty eight into strength. Wow. Uh, Nick kindly shared the scaling chart uh, in the Discord, so you mm-hmm. can see that. You basically, there's a soft lock uh, for when you stop getting, like, stat points uh, increase every time that you level. Okay. The soft lock for strength is about 80. Uh, And between 60 and 80, like, you're getting diminishing returns, but you're still, like, getting, like, consistent, you know, numbers. Right. But, uh, yeah. So, I hit hard. (laughs) I've been using the same Claymore that I finally got to God Tier status. Got a trophy for it. Plus 25. Oh, okay. Is, is the roof for how much you can upgrade a, an item? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. so my blood falchion right now is at level twenty. Level level twenty. Yeah. So yeah. you're there. You're you're almost there. Five more in your G to G right there, buddy. You can even buy some of the um, some of the uh, smithing stones that are harder to get, like quality eight and seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you find a specific bell and give it to the twins and give it to the twins. Yes. Yes, indeed. So. Uh, let me tell you about this game real quick. Sure. Um, if this game were a dildo... What the fuck? Uh, you can consider it stuck up my ass. <laughs> and I'm not going to pull it out. <laughs> I haven't I, wanted to play anything I else. I think a butt plug would have been a good analog. Uh, it's a big game. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there are big butt plugs out there. <laughs> At least they stay in you. I think this game's longer than it is wide. So... <laughs> so this game's just really stuck with me right now i I think it was only up until like today i played any other video game than elden ring i started playing vampire survivors a bit and then beat hazard yesterday to Mm -hmm. to just kind of you know remind myself what music and video games are like but um i love this game i adore this game i think it's ruined other video games for me a little bit (laughs) um especially ones that i already bought like dying light 2 and horizon like i just don't have a whole fuck load of motivation to go back to those experiences until i feel like i've really hit a break-off point with Elden Ring. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure what that is. I'm getting to the end of my playthrough as far as boss countage goes. Like, I'm getting into, like, the final 
final few mandatory bosses you got to do. Mm. I have seen so much of this map. I have seen so much, and yet I know in the back of my head there's there still is more. so much yet what, to which, have been seen. What's crazy is there's like an ever-expanding map that you uncover with map fragments, and you know the map expands vertically and horizontally, and it scales as you kind of increase the edges and kind of go towards like the outward parameters of it. But there's also an underground area that there's Stark. maps for, which is just like... There's cave systems that lead you to this underworld where there's like a skylit city and ruins and there's different... like there's like three Dark Souls games underneath the map. It is staggering how many levels and ideas are in this game. I'm I'm floored by it. It is like the gobstopper of Soulsborne games. It just don't stop. <laughs> yeah. It just don't stop. Like Doctor, it's up there mm. and it's stuck in there. I'm I'm kind of with you right there where I haven't played anything else since this game has come out. I haven't wanted to really do anything else since this game has come out. Yeah, I know? quit my job. Yeah. I'm just playing this now. Yeah, I have the masculine urge to quit my job and become Nelden <laughs> Lord for sure. I love it. It it's been a while since I've really put this much nonstop effort and energy into a game. I feel like the last time I did a game like this might have been Hades. Final Fantasy VII Remake? Oh, really? Yeah, where, like, when it came out in the first two weeks, I was just downing it nonstop. Right. Like, I just, like, I put 100 hours into that game within the first, like, two weeks, which is yeah, yeah. fucking insane. Because you have to replay the whole fucking game to get yeah. the uh, hard mode trophy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, uh, that's why I'm always curious where I was like, damn, I spent 200 hours in fucking FF7? Yeah. Feels like it's a finite game to be doing that. The problem yeah. is, I know in my, my rear view mirror, right, like you said, there is Dying Light 2... There is Horizon Forbidden West, and there's still Pokemon Arceus Legends down there somewhere. Oh, um, yeah. Really down. And I'm going to have trouble going back to these open world games because of the clutter of objectives on the map and the way it really guides your experience. What, I, what I've really enjoyed about this is that the, the sense of adventure and discovery is really self-guided, um, and there's almost... Nothing that you can't explore or go to, which is cool. Right. Um, which has led to very interesting kind of in-the-moment discussions about, holy shit, I found this thing. Did you find this? No, that's crazy. And, you know, just the emergent conversation around it. But I, as not a huge fan of open world games, like, I'm loving the sense of discovery that this is feeding within me, right? Like, just seeing a little thing detailed on the map and being like, that could be a cave. Let me go check it out. Right. Putting down a waypart waypoint marker going to it and be like oh shit that was a quick like 15 minute cave with you know a boss in it that was neat and granted there's some like copy and pasted elements with some of like the mini dungeons and caves but it's still cool to go through it and see what it has to offer right and there's like so many like mini experiences that like fill out a hundred plus hour experience that like i know by the end of it i'm gonna be like shit that was a hell of a ride but I'm going to want to just start it over. Yeah. And I don't feel fatigued by it yet, which is weird because within 20 hours of Horizon, I was already feeling fatigued by what a lot of what the game was throwing at me and guiding me to do. The freedom yeah. here is liberating, which is weird. And I'm also putting it on to relax sometimes. Just like it, there's something cathartic about just like getting on my horse and exploring the world or just kind of like seeing a new Vista and then, you know, getting to that point, point where I'm finally like, okay, well, Here's a new trail of enemies that lead to a boss. Now I got to like fucking, you know, get my skills back in check. There will be entire sessions where I'm not even like pushing the plot. Yeah. I'm, I find myself just doubling back to areas that have already been to discover more of the grace, side of grace is yeah. there. 
and see if there's anything that I missed. And the answer is always yes. Yeah, there's always something. The answer is always like, yeah, you didn't see that cave. Oh, the statue that points at like a new crypt? Yeah, you didn't see that. And I was like, what? What? And it's so rewarding going back. So I've had these like kind of chiller sessions where I'm like, I'm not going to worry about running into giant bosses or anything and then end up doing it anyway because like I'm just exploring it's mm-hmm. it's nice it's it feels like a nice little reset to open world design that i listen i i don't think that games like you know what ubisoft uh puts out there are intrinsically bad no they're not. they are designed in a particular way that elden ring isn't yeah right like, well they've become the mold you know yeah exactly they become like this kind of like well this is what modern open world games should be right and mm-hmm. it's like they no they could be but we have to have a reminder of like there's you have to walk away from homogenizing gameplay design in the industry just because it's like a known entity right mm-hmm. which i think is what publishers do very often they'll look at a game and be like give me the cover mechanics of gears of war mm-hmm. give me the stat system from far cry mm-hmm. you know like the, they start just doing these recurring models and it's like from software almost seems like they just don't pay attention to what other studios do and go how would we do our open world as dark souls as the basis and they came to their own conclusions rather than just like cherry picking what other games would do you know this feels like an idea that had been laying dormant with the studio for probably like 10 years like yeah. the the dna of dark souls 2 is so prevalent in this game and just mm-hmm. in terms of like the volume of bosses in terms yeah. of mini bosses main bosses and then just how that game was what originally concepted as an open world game. It was. It was. Uh, and you could still see that imprint there. And I, I feel like that, like this is the living execution of that finally, you know? Yeah. Uh, carrying over some of the tighter mechanics of Dark Souls 3 with that bigger expanded bloat idea of 2. But it feels bloated in a good way, right? I don't, I don't I, know. I use the word exploded. Yeah. I think it's like the Dark Souls design exploded. Mm-hmm. Like they, like, you know, like one of those. Um, those uh, maquettes where it's like, this is the inside of a skull, but exploded. Yeah. You see all the different parts. That's what this game is. Mm-hmm. They're just like opening it and expanding it and showing like, hey, here's this design if it were just spread across the yard instead of like in a smaller contained way. So it's like, it's almost like the game they would have made 10 years ago mm-hmm. today, but it doesn't feel archaic, I should say. Sure. Uh, I'm glad that they are. it's releasing now because they have underneath their belt Bloodborne's learnings. Mm-hmm. They have Sekiro under their belt. They have a, a greater handle on their action. It doesn't feel, even though it's weightier mm-hmm. and a little more methodical, like Dark Souls. Yeah, uh, it still feels pretty fucking snappy. Like they learn something about their own like action that feels great to apply mm-hmm. to this open world now. So I'm always having fun with like its action. I never think to myself like, oh fuck, I wish this felt like Sekiro instead. You know, like I it it feels great. Yeah, <laughs> there there's some elements of the combat that I wish were a little tighter like mm. i don't think fighting on horseback is always great it feel it feels like twilight princess where it's like oh yeah i'm just loosely swinging my sword and maybe i'll hit something yeah um i wish that it, there was a bit more heft to it but yeah on the, in terms of like the uh, i you know i'm on the ground fighting combat right like getting the jump in there um having the ashes of war really adds such a dynamism to each play style and like you and i do like we do sh- quality builds right we want to do as much damage output as possible right so we're using yeah. like you know i'm using a falchion you, you know get, you great swords dexterity a little bit too you know what I'm saying? sure you gotta get in there with that dex so that, that's our play style i know there's a lot of people out there using a lot of magic and arcana and right. doing magic a lot of, is op 
in this game. By yeah, the way. which you can decimate with. I've magic. seen people melt bosses in under thirty seconds. I mean, Nick yeah. is doing a magic build right now, and he yeah. fucking just destroyed Godric in like under a minute. Yeah, we're we're like, doing it fuck. in a way that like our lives are definitely harder because there's some bosses that just like it's almost like the the key is magic or ranged attacks, right? Um, or or using summons or summoning people like it, there's all these little things that the game gives mm. you that if you use them it makes the experience a bit easier in ways yeah um and and definitely use the the ashes of war like it really does expand the combat in interesting ways right mm-hmm. where i'm using what is it called blood the slash bloody slash yeah right now where it you know it's an l2 attack that i have on my falchion um where if i hold it it does like a bloodborne like lady maria type blood attack where like it fucking does a giant red yeah. slash of blood across the character and it does crazy damage output the only exchange is it does it consumes magic and a little bit of health mm-hmm. but it's worth it because it does so much damage. i noticed why by the <laughs> way the animation starts with you slitting your hand open mm-hmm. And then doing the attack, which yeah. I thought was really fucking cool. There's another one where it's like a seppuko. Yeah, uh, I just got that. Yeah, so you do the same thing that Lady Maria does where you plunge a sword into your, your stomach <laughs> and then you have applied uh, blood damage to it. Fucking, that gut blood is stronger so, than that hand blood. So I, I do love how dynamic and like kind of unique the gameplay can be to your play style. I just wish it some of it felt a little heftier, right? Or tighter. You know, some I wish some of the learnings of what um Blue Point did with Demon Souls was here. Mm, you know? Mm-hmm. Um more of that combat crunch because it does yeah. just feel like Dark Souls 3. Some of the some of the feedback that yeah. uh, Demon Souls did just felt really, really good. Yeah, it yeah. feels like Dark Souls 3 with more flourishes. Um yeah. but with that I've really enjoyed learning uh the myriad of bosses and enemies there's so many there's like i think the most enemy types in this game that i've ever seen in any game there's a lot and i i've loved just getting into boss fights and learning the patterns right that's always the thing with these games right like how do i learn a boss's patterns to best it there have been some frustrating fights there have been some really cool ones right yeah i've had a few frustrating (laughs) ones and then i have some ones that i really appreciated that took me a lot of tries like yesterday on stream i was fighting the fire giant i won't Mm -hmm. tell you where this is uh kids at home but it's very late stage um you have to fight him and you have to learn very particular things about him right Mm -hmm. like he's only weak in his left foot and you can only really attack his left foot and then he has a second phase that is just ridiculous it's like a cthulhu transformer Mm -hmm. is what he decides to do to you and it ended up being like one of my favorite fucking fights even though like skin of my teeth is how i got through but i ended up getting to a point in the first phase where it was just a clean run every time. He doesn't hit me. I'm not really using my uh, Estus. We call it Estus in this game. Nice. Um, and then on the second phase, it's like, okay, I actually brought out my my Mimic summon, oh, which is man. really fucking cool. So it's basically like Ditto from Pokemon, but it takes the shape of you. So it starts as a blob and then turns into you. It has all of your attacks, including your Art of War. So imagine two of us are doing bloody slash on the boss together. That's crazy. And just fucking like melting through. It's so good. But yeah. I love that you get that attack too, or that that summon, because like when you fight the mimic in like the underground area, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, this is cool. Because we did it together. Yeah, when it's we like the Darkling fight. And I was like, holy shit, that's me. And then you get the tear after and you're like, oh, I can use this. Yeah. 
it's really awesome. Yeah, anyway. it's really there's so many really fucking cool things like that. Like the game, I think what's frustrating for some people that just like aren't aren't uh, up on the up for what From Software does mm-hmm. is there's things that are just not directly explained to you in any sort of straightforward manner. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe there's a little bit of expectation of that too. I was I was streaming and I was looking through and I was like, what does poise mean again? And I I pressed the uh, touchpad for the help icon and somebody in the chat was just like. It, this game explains itself, and I was like, actually, all of the Souls games explain the menu stuff. It's just that you just press a... You have to look for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is pretty funny, but it's like almost like we expect them to be assholes. Well, there's that whole UX experience that people have been talking about. Yeah, well, can we can we talk about this real quick? I don't sure. want to... So apparently... Um, so UX refers to user experience, and particularly we're talking about uh, the UI or user interface menus and how the game explains things like waypoints and all that is all a part of UX, mm-hmm. right? There was a bit of a discourse, capital D discourse online from UX designers actually working at studios like Gorilla and uh, Ubisoft, Ubisoft yeah. that were just kind of like, yeah, the fact that this game has a 97 on Metacritic shows that the gamers just don't give a shit about UX and don't care <laughs> if it's like there. And it's like, that's not true. You mm-hmm. have to admit that there are things that um, – the things that From Software leaves out of their UX is just as purposeful as what they're putting into it, right? Maybe some of it's accidental. Maybe some of it's like, hey, yeah, it, it's a gap in how they do things. But mm. there is an intentional design for it being the way that it is, right? Sure. I don't look at it and go like, oh, this is really bad because it doesn't waypoint like fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. Or I don't look at the map and say, this is really awful because all the dark areas aren't being like lit up the moment I walk over them. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, they're doing it the From Software way, right? Mm-hmm. You know how like items unlock the story and everything else? Well, items unlock the map in this game. Yeah. Sorry, that's how they do shit. <laughs> you know? So I, I don't, I don't, I think there's things to be learned here, but I also don't think that, like, you look at a game like Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Mm -hmm. right? And suddenly the next one needs to be exactly, like, really, um, really vague about its UX suddenly because that works so well for Elden Ring. I was like, Mm -hmm. no, you guys have these intentional quest lines uh, that need to be told to the player to, like, go do it versus this game doesn't do that. There's, like five quests in the game in, in total right mm-hmm. total is not a word but <laughs> you know um it's just it's just different i don't think it's bad though it's what they've always been doing but then kind of expanded to mm-hmm. accommodate the the fittings of an open world game and i know a lot of players have been saying this game doesn't explain shit to you it's a lot there's literally a tutorial for everything some of it happens so quick though that it's easy to miss mm-hmm. um but there's always the ability to go back in in the menus and like you know review things right which is really nice there i think there is a in menu tutorial thing to just review like how certain mechanics and things work yeah i think th- this goes down to um the issue where um games especially AAA produce games have gotten to a point where they view any amount of player friction mm-hmm. as something that needs to be fixed or solutioned out right sure. rather than thinking like well player friction can also be part of the experience it is the challenge unto itself you know <sighs> yeah and i don't mean for player friction like oh it's stupid how multiplayer works that's a different story than yeah. than the fact that you need to fuck around and find out how items work instead of having yeah. having uh the game like like every final fantasy by the way modern mm-hmm. final fantasy stops you and slaps you in the face with tutorials for the first hour of gameplay that sucks 
I well, you know, there, I don't like that. There are some Final Fantasy games where there's 30 hours of tutorial. Like, Jesus. Look at, look at Final Fantasy 13. <laughs> you know, that's a, a huge example of it. Yeah. But so the, the frictioned experience, though, is I think what is rubbing a lot of people wrong. Because it's not just in the UX and the UI. It's the whole game as a whole, right? And yeah. people want it to be a bit more user-friendly in ways where, yes, this is going to be the most widely talked about souls game and people are going to want to try it out so if they're not privy to like you know invisible quest lines where like you talk to a character and it initiates a conversation that initiates a quest but it's not marked on your map they're going to be like oh well what, where the fuck am i supposed to go right mm-hmm. and I think that's that's a barrier for some people but that's just how these games have always kind of operated yeah and not to say just because they've always done it makes it okay i think there's definitely room for improvement with some of their approach um but i think it it creates another layer of friction when the game itself is already hard like this game Mm -hmm. even though it, it has a you know open world dna to it and allows you to basically walk away from a fight if you're getting your ass slapped around. It's still hard at its so core. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think they're, they're, it's just a layer on top of a layer that are just, it's pissing people off because they just want to enjoy it, but they can't. Right, you know? right. Like it's bucking them off on almost like all all fronts, right? And, mm-hmm. I, and I agree with that point where it's like, well, it's also just a very hard game. And if that's a barrier of entry, I'm just like, there's no, I have no qualms with the game saying, oh, there's an easy mode. And I... I really don't like the notion that people are like, oh, there already is an easy mode. It's called summoning. That's such a fucking, like, yeah. high horse response. It's, it's called like, using magic. It's like, you know that's not what we fucking mean. Mm-hmm. You know that, right? Like, that's... And it's like, how would it fuck you up to see, like, on when I start the game, th- there's a choice between how devastating this experience is going to be. Mm-hmm. That that just opens it up for other people. You choose the hard button, <laughs> okay? <laughs> you choose that, Mr. Gamer Man. You know... Why Why are you incensed to your core that that option exists the, or the other options you wouldn't choose exist? Mm-hmm. Why? Everyone needs to play it the way that I play this or else they've played it wrong. Or you didn't do it right. Yeah. Okay. If you didn't 100% the game, you didn't even really beat it. There's so much, so much elitism and yeah. gatekeeping with it. Um, and I just think... I don't know. In the last like five years, we've had so many important conversations and milestone movements with accessibility mm. in games, right? With games being designed with that intention in mind. And building accessibility features after the fact is hard, right? I think the best way to do it is like having it in mind when you start developing the game. That way you can develop the systems as you're developing the game and you don't have to worry about implementing it after the fact. Yeah, there's it, turning it into just a matter of like sliders is, yeah, is, yeah you're. It's not the core of it, right? Mm-hmm. There's always going to be gaps for playing and, experience. I get that. And like, I don't know what um, an accessibility-driven Dark Souls would look like, right? Mm. Like, is it something as easy as a difficulty slider? Is it making it so that, like, you know, maybe bosses' attack windows are a bit more open for you to get hits in? You know, like, what what does that look like? Uh, is it an assist mode? Well, the answer is probably like it's, it's a laundry list of things. It's a lot of things that, cause that it, need it, to kind of yeah be. It, configurable in some way yeah because accessibility isn't just easy or hard nope so nope and you know i'm glad that we're at a point in our industry where uh developers are learning that and they're getting these accessibility experts in and and talking about it Mm -hmm. i still think from software probably they've built a whole career in doing exactly the opposite yeah they're never going to be the pariahs of accessibility in gaming Mm -hmm. i get that and there's certain design things that i would also fight for that is very from soft uh, that I think even if you had a very accessible version of the game, I would still argue like waypointing the fuck out of this game is not like the thing that fixes the gameplay for for people. I think like that's part of its DNA in a way that maybe can't 
be changed, but maybe there's more options to make that experience a bit easier, right? Maybe. I don't know. It's tough. I would say if this game was at its core, like that deep-rooted, hardcore Dark Souls 1 or Dark Souls 3 experience of like what a Soulsborne game is, Mm -hmm. this would be a grueling open world game. But I think the abundance of the the points of grace, your kind of... um, your fast travel points, how many there are, the fact that they do point you in the next direction, uh, the fact that the world is really easy to navigate. Like there's so mm-hmm. much that just makes it way more approachable, which is a different conversation than is the game accessible, right? I think there's a lot of like really inviting features about it that make it like, you know, oh, if I don't want to get punished or if I want to maybe just follow the main path or do this or that, like it's it's there for you to do, which is nice. Yeah. Whereas like the older games, you get deadlocked into having to do a fight over and over and over because that's your only path forward. You know, the only way forward is through. It's it's a game that also, even in, in, in those features, uh, you know, like you mentioned, the how some of the bonfires just point yeah. the way. I like From Software's solutions feel very From Software where it's like, hey... They want to elicit the question from the player, which is, what does this mean? Mm-hmm. I, what is this pointing at? Instead of having a character come over comms and be like, hey, it looks like uh, the these gray sites are pointing at the next yes, destination. You imagine? Maybe you should check it out. And this is something that every other like Western designer yeah. would do like immediately. Like right? Melania starts talking yeah. through the fucking speaker in your controller. <laughs> right. And that's the shit that makes me want to die because I feel like it's it's like all of these um, games have adopted the same design language and think that that is the standard rather than thinking that was just a particular solution to a question mm. that from a design standpoint that you have, which is how do I get to the player to the next spot? Mm-hmm. And like, it feels like it's getting to the point where that's sometimes a lazy response, which is, yeah, have tiny Tina come over the comms and make a <laughs> fucking fart joke while also mentioning, you should probably check out that next point of interest at the end of it and be like, fucker, mm-hmm. that, that feels like not clever to me anymore. And yet I get that. It's like, that's become the standardized way of like pushing players forward. What, I like about this game in that vein is that mm-hmm. this game doesn't treat its players like it's dumb. Correct. It, it hands it holds your hands in a different way, but it assumes the best intention of the player that you're going to have a sense of discovery or be curious about the things around you mm-hmm. versus, like you said, having a fucking Ashley Birch voiceover come over the, <laughs> the game's already loud audio telling me where to go next. So yeah, I, I've never quite appreciated that as much. Yeah, it's definitely a uh, being thrown into the deep end of the pool experience where you start to discover, oh, that's where the floaties are. Yeah. Oh, okay. This is how far my feet can reach before it gets kind of scary. <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff. Like, you're, you're discovering it there. Yeah. Um, but I, I get it, right? That That's that's definitely a... Um, it can be seen as a deterrent for mm-hmm. some people. Uh, and maybe a lot of people, actually. But um, I don't know. It's, it's tough. I, it's like on... I'm always like a straddling the line between two worlds where it's like, I totally get how there could be a very, very friendly, accessible version of this game. And there's no harm in that existing. Mm-hmm. And then I totally get uh, there being intentional design. That's just not going to be for everybody. I get those two worlds and I don't think one is bad over the other. I do, however, think that if you sit into like a certain camp that says all games need to be one way or be this certain way, mm-hmm. you're starting to lose the kind of lead of like, what works you know um or 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 understanding that there's just different strokes to make things work for different folks 
I think the 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 main thing that I hate the most about it is the eruption of just really negative discourse when people mm-hmm. voice their opinions or wants for things like this, right? Thinking about like Steve Saylor, the blind gamer, or mm-hmm. Stephen Spawn, right? Like they're really big advocates for accessibility in gaming, um, and have been brought on as consultants for things, but them voicing their opinions on like, hey, I think the game could benefit from having this is met immediately by vitriol from hardcore, mm-hmm. quote, Souls fans. And it it makes them not want to experience even more because it's like, well, if this is the, what the community's like, you know, this is harder than the game itself, having to deal with some of the, the pushback because, right. like, you know, people feel so beholden to, quote, Miyazaki's design, where it's like people are just asking for things to make the game uh generally more accessible and i don't think that's a bad thing but also like there, yeah there is a design ethos that wasn't there from the start so mm-hmm. you know I, it's it's tough i just i i hate though the way people come at you know people like the the two, the two stevens we'll say you know steven spawn and steven sailor where it's like they just want these games to be playable and enjoyable and you know people are like well if you can't get good at it you can't play it if you can't realize that magic's op and you should just use magic or summon people then you should be playing the fucking game and it's like that's not the way we should be having the conversation i think there's way more productive conversations we could be having and those quote rotten soul fans don't want to have the conversation no they don't want to have the conversation they want to hear anything different than what they like and it seems like less of a conversation about defending a design ethos and just um, gatekeeping to keep people out yeah right which is shitty yeah. It's 2022. Come on. Like, what, right. what are we doing? I don't think the year matters uh, <laughs> when it comes to people's idiocy. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> it's interstellar. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's it, it, the discourse is just very, very fucking exhausting. Because I look at games like Jedi Fallen Order that we mentioned earlier in the, in the, in the podcast. It did a clever thing with... Um, it wasn't even just, like, toning down the difficulty. It allowed you to have... Uh, larger parry windows mm-hmm. as a form of saying, hey, this is hard for people to fucking like master or they could have a limitation personally that prevents them from being able to master this. Let's give them the option mm-hmm. to ease that friction point, right? And like, th- I, I don't look at that and go like, oh, well, that's a cheat mode uh-huh. or that's like, that's dishonor button <laughs> if you push that. Like, that's fucked up. Like, who mm-hmm. gives a fuck? Don't use it. Don't use it. It's there. Or even the very simple, I think... um Naughty Dog is good about it, right? Where, like, in certain quick time events where you have to mash a button repetitively, they do the thing where it's like, okay, instead of, you know, using my thumb to hit X 20 times to maybe get this action complete, I can just hold it. It'll fill the reddit, it'll fill the uh, wheel, and then it'll complete the action for me, which I think those are really simple. Well, maybe they're not simple on the back end, but they're like, they're small ideas. They're simple solutions to uh, something that otherwise could be a huge barrier of entry for somebody else. Absolutely. Uh, especially if you love video games but have arthritis. I yeah. mean, I don't think there should be a reality where we go, well, sucks to suck, bitch. Time for you to stop playing video games. No, how about <laughs> like being thrown a bone feels like somebody's actually caring about mm-hmm. you, even if they don't know you. I always use uh, hold these days. If mm-hmm. a game has the option, I switch to hold immediately. I don't want to fucking button mash. <laughs> annoying. It's fucking stupid. The f- fuck your arm wrestling mini games. Let me hold. <laughs> well, I, I even look at a game like Sifu that you know came out last month, and I feel like that's gonna be really hard for a lot of people to play, just because there are a lot of like asks for you to crab claw the controller and do a yeah. lot of like repetitive button prompts. Guess what they're doing? 
Hmm. adding an easy mode oh nice Mm -hmm. patching it right into the game because they're like oh yeah we have a cool game here that we want people to experience yeah (laughs) uh but yeah i mean i get it right maybe maybe people lose sight like look at sifu i got the platinum in that and that's Mm -hmm. like one of my proudest plats because i really really had to like dedicate myself to Mm -hmm. the game get past the difficulty and master it and earn that and i get that it's like somebody could take that experience and go well that is the only way to experience that that's what they meant Mm -hmm. right and I feel like don't let that poison the idea that there couldn't be this same game, but another version that somebody is actually able to pick up and they can feel very similar feelings out of that without having to go through the crab claw fucking platinum run (laughs) in order to get there. You know, that accessibility is his options. It's not it's not altering or bastardizing the makeup of a game's design mm-hmm. yeah, i don't know these conversations we have them so long and i feel like whoever's gotten this far in our podcast they're probably obviously not like one of these fucking mm-hmm. souls assholes assholes <laughs> that come in and say shit like that right like if you're not good enough then don't play it like fuck off right but uh, i wish you know these folks would like, just listen a bit more and be mm-hmm. like hey do you really lack the ability to say what if i couldn't use my hands so well you're like, what imagine being on the other end of the sucks to suck? Well, they the problem with a lot of these people is they have no sense of like shared perspective, they can't imagine what it's like to be somebody else because they don't care. They think, oh, I can do this, so therefore somebody yeah. else should. Or a lot of times, they're not even people who have played the game, they just <laughs> don't even think it should be like allowed. Yeah, they, they just want to put the gatekeeping wall up from the start, and it's like, well, did you? beat Elden Ring? Well, well, no. Then then your opinion here is invaluable. Shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. The, it's it's going to be one of those things where there's going to be a lot of continuous conversation about this game throughout the year. And some of it's already dizzying and annoying. Yeah. Because um, it's, it's, it's the most talked about game right now. Like, literally everybody from every corner of the industry and other industries are talking about it. And it's fascinating to see the response to it. Uh, from newcomers, from you know, old fans, um, from from just everyone, from electrical engineers, from electrical engineers, from from baseball players, baseball from musicians, players, huh? you know. Wow. Uh, Tom Petty says he's the Elden Lord. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Petty and the Elden Lords coming to a city near you. Oh fuck yeah! <laughs> uh, what's this song called? Maidenless in Massachusetts. <laughs> free fallen for a finger of grace oh fuck (laughs) but i man i just i'm just impressed by this game through and through Um, huh it's a very good game it's very very fucking good at this point it it is definitely my game of the year um and i I imagine that i know right yeah it's so it's early right like we're only three months into the year but like it, it's left such a strong impression and i looking ahead i can't think of like too many other games that i'm looking forward to that might dethrone it uh i mean i god of war 2 would have a or god of war ragnarok would yeah. have a very strong chance for me yeah um, for you specifically yeah. Um, I, I, I'm already at the point where I feel like it's a lock. There's nothing else that could really come in and disrupt Elden Ring for me. Yeah. I would be glad to see whatever that game is, if it mm-hmm. exists. But I, it, it, right now, it's not happening. I, mm-hmm. I think it's going to be Elden Ring. Elden Ring's given me a lot of what I want out of a game right now. Mm-hmm. And in ways that are surprising and delightful um, that I didn't expect. So mm-hmm. I'm really enjoying the fuck out of it. Yeah, I would say in sense of scale and adventure and even in some of the boss fights where you know it some of it takes me back to like some of those tighter 
more spectacle fights from like Bloodborne or Dark Souls or giving us something new. Like I think of um, spoilers, but like the Redan fight on the beach mm. and how we've rarely gotten a fight of that scale, right? To have a, a fight that's kind of shouted out as a festival that all warriors should attend and having this like brilliant fight with so many fucking people on a beach it's a reverse mob boss it's nuts where you bring the mob to fight the boss instead of the boss bringing a mob to fight you it's it's one of like many thrilling moments in the game and i think at that point when i when i got to that fight i was maybe like 50 hours in and i was like and at 50 hours in any other game you're like all right this should be the wind down point yeah not the execution of 10 like the the 10th like most thrilling moment of the game i've seen so far so Mm -hmm. there's so much more to look forward to it and i I definitely appreciate it and i'm loving the lore too like and and getting into the story bits like chasing some of the quest lines you know the one for for rainy figuring out like what the whole deal with with the elder tree is and what this game's version of like getting stuck in cycles of life and death and rebirth it's mm-hmm. it's really interesting i need i need the full body video of it because it's still not it's still not clicking for me like yeah. as in my understanding of the story is not clicking mm-hmm. like there's different and en- there's different parties that you meet in the game that are just like don't trust the fucking fingers and don't trust this herb tree bullshit mm-hmm. and a lot of people are like maybe you should burn that bitch down yeah. and you're like whoa whoa what's going whoa yeah, what's half happening the people here? i meet want to burn the tree down and so, destroy you it. want me to kill the shard bears and they seem to love these trees what are you wait a second what's that you know so i i need like the the uh kind of breakdown of what's going on and then go back and enjoy it because that's what helped me with dark souls one is like mm-hmm. i didn't know what the fuck was going on and then i watched some body videos and i was like oh okay <laughs> dark souls 3 is probably one of my favorite games of all time and there are still beats of that game that i'm like what what's happening here yeah like i know the overall story you know of the, like, the, i don't understand the this Lords, at all but... a witch made fire what <laughs> well it's it's tricky where the the narrative isn't always overtly explained to you. You have to read item descriptions and, and listen to characters, and it's, it's yeah, it's never going to be that thing. But <laughs> I'm looking forward to like you said, like the body vids or like the the lore deep divers to see like you know what they could find in mind from the game. I want to know it. Mm-hmm. I want to know all about the Elden Ring. I, I'm not gonna lie. I feel like this game has made me really want. If there is a, ever a Bloodborne two, mm. I want an open world Bloodborne game. Oh now. man, <laughs> oh man. I don't know, man, because I feel like that's horror and open world are very tough to mix together. We haven't gotten a good one. This game has horror in it, though. Yeah, it has horror in it. There it is not giant, a horror open world fucking giant it's not, hand spiders. I can't fight for it. I can't fight, <laughs> you can't for, fight for it. Okay. I can't fight for an open world Bloodborne. I'm sorry. It needs to be what? fucking. It close needs to be close quarters fucking alleyways dude it's gotta be it's gotta be going from like town to town in a bloodborne i don't know man hell if they do it i'll be on board Mm -hmm. but (laughs) i i i don't know that the next step for from software is going back and saying we're gonna be an open world dev like from now on in fact i wouldn't be surprised if the next game they do is more reined in Mm -hmm. to their classic design so but we'll see Mm -hmm. But it would definitely be informed by Elden Ring in some fucking capacity. Yeah, which it's always the exciting yeah. thing to see about their next release, that it's always informed by the previous ones. And that's yeah. that's the mark of a good dev, right? They're always looking at their past experiences yeah. and failures and trying to build the next best product for fans, which I I really respect and admire. It, it really does feel like From Software is a dev that just constantly says to themselves, how do we outdo the last one? Mm-hmm. And 
they just do mm-hmm. you know so i i cannot even perceive what's after elden ring for the studio mm-hmm. right but you know they're gonna do something that's just like jesus christ here comes another industry definer <laughs> you know imagine one studio being able to to be that uh so consistently it's a pretty pretty big achievement mm-hmm. <laughs> i'd say this game is a pretty big achievement and we're gonna be talking about way fucking more of it when we get to that uh whatever the spoiler cast thing. yeah i imagine we'll do like a two-hour spoiler cast that deep dives like yeah the it'll be like our bloodborne cast that we did a while ago where we talk about some of the story elements and some of the cooler boss moments because there's a lot of boss fights in the game and so many that I want to gush about, right? Whether it's like fighting, you know, a spectral knight on a horseback or, you know, some of the, the shard bears or some of the fights in between that have some heavy story context to it. But like, those are fights that like, it almost is best if somebody just experiences it the first time on their own, yeah. right? Like see, see the spectacle introduction of a character or an arena um and which is why like i'll watch you stream mm-hmm. but i will sometimes not watch what's happening on right. screen because i'm just like i don't want to quite see this and um, i fought some crazy dragons i fought like 100 dragons in this game already it's nuts this has it, more dragons than skyrim this game is skyrim on like fucking steroids yeah todd it, you fucked up i i fucking i love it in that way <laughs> you fucked up 10 years ago todd. Uh, the one thing that i spoiled <laughs> for myself was like i i was hearing crazy things about uh the millennia fight which is an optional boss fight mm. which is apparently one of the hardest fights in all of from software's games i believe and it. i was like let me look at what this looks like and i i watched it and i probably should have saved it but uh, it was cool it was really fucking cool yeah, yeah, for that big reveal. Yeah. Fuck, it's always cool, the first reveal. Mm-hmm. Especially when a boss pulls a sword out of its own throat. Something like that. Yeah, it's there's, al- there's always a sword coming out of some hidden orifice. Always some horrible sword <laughs> orifice. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? But I'm really hungry. Yeah. I'm hungry. Okay, we, we should can, end this We one. can jump off this we one. Well, guys, thanks for listening one. to another Save Room News episode. Thank you for listening to the Save Room News. Brought to you by Joe Camel. Hey, how's the smoke, Joe? Oh my God, he's dead from cancer. <laughs> No, Joe! No! (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, yeah, anyway, guys, you can catch us on the old Twitter at Save Room Show if you wanted to. Sometimes we post on there. Sometimes we don't. Most times we don't. Most times we don't. Most times we don't. I I retweet a lot of things, and every once in a while we'll promote an episode. If you guys want to listen to a promoted episode, go check out our The Batman review (gasps) that we did. I love the Batman. Mm-hmm. He's a he's a great guy, great actor. You know, people are all like dubious about Robert Pattinson being Batman. Mm-hmm. Dumb bitches. Oh yeah. Dumb. I bet y'all feel really silly now. Yeah, I bet you feel fucking dumb. Do you feel dumb right now? Now I feel like you're talking to me. Yeah, I'm looking right in your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I always feel a little dumb for something I've done. <sighs> well, that's it, man. Who knows what the next episode could be, or is. There's always just one spooled up. There's all, Wherever there's news and games coming out, we will probably have some sort of content for you. Which Watch. Is They're going to announce cool. Switch 2 like this week. And we'll be like, oh, God. No, no <laughs> way. Do an episode no about Switch 2. Yeah, I don't know. Um, we'll, we'll come to you guys with something, even if it's another Elden Ring episode. Sorry if that the content gets fatiguing around <laughs> that. But it's just like we're so high on it. And we just love talking oh, about fuck, it. Oh, fuck. We missed it. Mario Day. Oh. it was. Uh, it's May 11th, right? No, it's May, March 10th. It's March 10th, it's right? M-A-R for March and then one yeah. zero. Oh, that I makes know. a lot more yeah. sense because I was like, Mario. Well, the way I say it, Mario. It almost <laughs> seems like Nintendo missed it because they didn't really do anything except what, announced the theme park? They sent a tweet. 
<laughs> they sent a tweet. <laughs> oh, well, hey, let's do something quick for Mario Day. Uh, what's your favorite fucking Mario? Uh, 3D or 2D? Uh, what's your favorite Mario? <laughs> I'm pretty, you know, uh, I like uh, Super Mario 64. Pretty Six, cool. 64 is pretty 64, cool. Pretty cool. Uh, fucking, I fucking love fucking Sunshine. Sunshine's oh, really fucking good. One. Yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah, a yeah. good one. What about Galaxy? Ga- it's fine. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the one with the fucking haunted house? Luigi's Mansion. How about that? Oh, I love Luigi's Mansion. Yeah. Oh, my God. Luigi's yeah. Mansion 3 is very good. It's very good. I know you didn't care about that. You didn't like that one at all. Uh, I didn't play it. I watched you play a lot of it. I'm like, yeah, we played right. co-op together. Oh, we we played like one co-op session oh of it. That's right. Yeah, and you're like, ugh, this is like a like baby one. game for babies. And I was like, no, it's my boy Luigi. Uh, rapid fire, 2D games, 2D games, Super Mario 3? Three, Super Mario Three, Super Mario um, World. I'm gonna say World. World's great. Yeah, World is probably one of the best games ever made. Uh, yeah, sure, whatever. I don't, I don't feel that deeply about it. Oh no, it's I couldn't find amazing. That. If, I somebody, could. if somebody put a gun with guns in my head, I'd be like, ah, I don't know, man. I like RE2. <laughs> Turok 2 give me more gave me more uh, longevity than fucking Super Mario World to be honest with you. That's fair. That's a weird thing to say, but it's true. Not a big 2D Mario guy. No, some people yeah. would say that those are the worst. Some people would say those are the worst. Some people would say those are the best. <laughs> some people say that Mario Mario is not his full name. All of those people are wrong. Well, I hope we find out in the hit movie starring Chris Pratt coming this year. And Charlie Day is Luigi. I'm still excited about that. Can you believe something like that exists? <laughs> I'm still kind of Can like believe that? shook from just the idea of that that whole cast. It shouldn't happen, but it is. The fact that Anya Taylor Joy is in it, Keegan Michael Key, oh Seth Rogen. What is gonna what's that movie gonna be? What is that film? Well, that's I so far away, so we'll we'll have to let you know uh, in a few months. All right, we'll let you get. We'll let your ears go. You guys are good. Get out of here. Yeah, we're not gonna hold you. Get out, get out of here, guys. Good night. Good night. Get out of here. <laughs> get out of here, you <laughs> sons of bitches. What do you think, Joe? <laughs> I don't know if I can leave all that smoking content in there. It's too hot. <laughs>